taking off in five, four, three, two. Um, so we're in the middle of a very critical decision that, uh, you know, we have to make as a nation, right? We're in, in, in the middle of these elections, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of candidates. There's a lot of information out there. Um, and what we have to do is make the wisest decision that we can possibly make, right? Like we have to, you know, read up on what the candidates, you know, um, you know, what their platforms are, make very sort of like informed decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for the first time in a very sort of long time, because uh, I've always had almost like a, I would consider myself an optimist, but um, specifically with politics, I've always had a very sort of pessimistic attitude towards it. Like, you know, hey, like it's all being controlled by forces that, you know, none of us can control anyway. So fuck it. Like money controls everything. But of recent, I've been coming around of like, no, um, uh, there's hope out there. You know, we can we can kind of make wiser decisions you know we can we can make more informed decisions because you know we have such a wealth of information at our hands you know um and then i saw a headlight uh head head uh headline this week that pretty much shitted on that idea <laughs> um very disappointing uh that leads me to believe that we're doomed nothing can save us we're stupid and we're probably going to end civilization what was the headline? Shortly. The headline was, study, 38% of people won't buy Corona beer because of the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. So. Jesus <laughs> fucking. And. What? And, and, and you know what's funny? Jesus. I, I, I was watching something. It was like a video from, like you know, Van Lathan. He was yeah, on like yeah. TMZ. Yeah. So he was recently. Uh, he told this story, I think it was on his like IG story or maybe he just posted the video to his Instagram where he was, um, he was talking about how one of his cousins called him, you know, cause he's out in LA and you know, there's a, I think in the United States, California has like the largest concentration of, um, uh, people who have been confirmed to have the coronavirus. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he called him. He's like, yo, is everything good out there? Like, I just want to make sure you're all right. And he's like, you know, we don't got to worry about that back in Detroit or whatever, because I don't even drink Corona. So, you know, I don't got to worry about the coronavirus. Was he, was he like, was he tongue in cheek yeah, and I, joking? I, so according to Van Lathan's post, right? His, his cousin was dead serious about the fact that he doesn't have to worry about coronavirus because he doesn't drink Corona beer. Yeah. And so, you know, and I've actually been thinking about how unfortunate, this is for Corona, right? No. The, the beer company. No, they'll be right. Uh, I mean, they'll be okay. And we, we say that because they have a lot of money, but you know who won't be okay is the people who like work for the company, right? So 38% of people is a lot of people. When you mm. look at like, you know, and I imagine this is like the, uh, I, I imagine this study was done looking at like a sample set or a sample database. Of yeah. People. What it was, was, uh, and looking for the specific article that I am, I'm looking at from, cause um, it wasn't all, they didn't survey every American and find out 38%. No. 
no, no, no. The sample right? sizes, as always, right? So uh, what they did was uh, the group 5W Public Relations, a top 15 independently owned PR firm, asked 737 American beer drinkers uh, if their opinion of Corona beer had changed as a result of the deadly virus. The survey found 38% of Americans won't buy Corona under any circumstance because of the outbreak, and another 14% said they wouldn't order a Corona in public. And I'll drink it at home. <laughs> But at the Green Turtle, <laughs> they can't catch you. Drinking I don't that. want nah, that nah, type nah, nah, of nah. judgment and scrutiny. Well, you, you know what that makes me want to do? It makes me immediately want to go to the nearest bar, order a cor- Corona beer, and just watch everybody's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you got to go to a bar somewhere in like an area where like the school system is not uh, yeah. good. Then one hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah, if a good school system, they'll know. Okay, yeah, so yeah, Corona yeah. it's not directly tied to the coronavirus. Yeah, you know it's fine. If you go to like uh, say you're at a bar like anywhere in the state of New Jersey or. <laughs> <laughs> for those Marylanders like Glenn hey, look, Bernie or hey, look, Laurel, this podcast uh, respects any and all New Jersey listeners out there. Uh, <laughs> Some, not any. Don't take all. that at. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind. You know, I might go have a Corona tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, come on, man. Like this is like you know we're in the middle of making a very fucking tough decision. You know, as far as like who should be our dem- uh, at least the, the Democratic uh, nominee. Um, you know who, who's going to go up against Trump in the general election, and we're sitting there fucking around with. We're not going to drink Corona beers. Yeah, because and Trump of the recently came out and said that he thinks the coronavirus is up. Uh, and, and again, I, I haven't read the full article yet. I'm just quoting headlines here. Yeah. Apparently, there was like a statement he made at a rally where he's like, in a way, blaming the Democrats for yeah. creating the coronavirus yeah. hoax to swing election votes. Yeah. So he's, and this is what Trump does. This is why he's kind of a genius when it comes to marketing because he knows how to give you just enough of the truth that you can't really deny what he's saying but it's stupid nonetheless so yeah. so when he says that right he's what he's actually and I'm I'm giving him more credit than I probably should but it actually probably is true that if this outbreak does actually get bad that the democrats will use that as a hey look this guy's an idiot uh, you know, um, yeah, they didn't do shit. He wasn't prepared. Or, exactly. Watch. Exactly. And, uh, and he's not wrong. They'll definitely use it. And by all means, they should because, yeah. you know, th- but they didn't idiot. create and spread the virus. I mean, no, Bernie yeah. was in the lab <laughs> with the with the Bunsen burner. Cooking it up. <laughs> in the like a flask, fucking like, like Bond villain. Like. <laughs> adding extra chemicals with the dropper. Like the I think virus you got is it. complete. <laughs> Release it now. Throw it. Put he it in a Corona it, beer. Throws it up against the fucking wall. <laughs> Run. The fucking Tom Hanks. Uh, the Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise comes out of nowhere like it's fucking Mission Impossible. Like I'll stop him. <laughs> um, yeah, but I read that headline, man. And I was just like. You're a fucking doom, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no way we're making informed decisions if we're fucking around with shit like this. And so like, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Do you know, I don't think people want to, I don't think people want transparency. People want truth more than they want like just an easy decision. I think that's where we are, right? How can this just be easy? I just want one person to vote for. I just, just tell me who to vote for, right? I'm a Democrat. Just tell me which Democrat to vote for. I'm a Republican. Just tell me which Republican to vote for. Yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. Good thing we got some great movies coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to fucking keep us entertained. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fucking Fade Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. This your boy, T.O., as you know. 
boy O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything TV, medium, firm, related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Baltimore City. What in the fuck is up? Yo, it's uh, it's the last day Mm. of B H. Mm. Did I get that right? I I don't know where you're going for here, so. Yeah. Like, oh, Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I, I figured you were, that last letter. I figured you were going there, but well, I was like, I don't H, know what you, kind of acronym. Last H, you gave me a look. I was like, <laughs> wait, I missed something. Did I fuck up our whole month? Uh, BHM no. Black History Month. Today is the last day. J- February 29th. We don't always get a February 29th. Hey, what, is what, what is it? Skip year? year or skip year? Skip year. <laughs> no, I, think other year? I think it's called uh, leap year. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken. What does that mean? I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm very I would imagine informed about it that. It skips like a year. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. got it in 2018. Mm. We didn't get it in 2019. Mm-hmm. We get it in 2020. Yeah. I'll stand by that logic. Well, Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've got this fucking uh, lifesaver. Is it called lifesaver? Now nah, later. Now nah, later. Now, uh, I got a lifesaver. Here's the thing. It's fucking, it's all getting stuck Every, on my fucking teeth. There's a huge debate about how pe- people regionally say it different. Mm. Some people will say now nah, nah, and later. Now nah, later. Some people say now nah, later. Like I do. Yeah, now nah, later. Yeah. Some people say now nah, laters. I've heard people say now nah, right. laters. If I, don't, I don't like okay. the, the pronunciated T and the. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If anybody ever says now and later. They should immediately be shot. I can't trust you anymore. You're wearing a fucking wire. Take off your shirt. Reveal yourself. Rip off their shirt. They've got the mic taped to their chest. And they're like, I I had to do it. They have my kids. (laughs) Fuck your kids. Um, But yeah, it's it's not latest. I wonder how like the company, the people who like this president... Of now and later candy company. Look, he's making too much money to say now later. He's, he's definitely saying now and later. But are they strict internally? Probably. Like it's now and later yeah. candy company. Yeah, this and is a family. Like, this is a family company. Yeah. And when you're having a meeting, it's, it's just like all right. Um, and you're on that. Is Skype, Bruce around? You're on that Skype call. Yeah. Is, is, is everyone on the call? And then four people try and talk at once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're here. Okay, guys. Everyone, put yourselves on mute. Okay, we're all here. All right. Now we're here for this. Uh, now nah later. Now nah later. <laughs> someone, um, sorry, I'm on the call as well. Yeah, it's now and later. Like, come on, come on, guys. They, they're like, all right, we're gonna leave this uh, this yeah. chat. Everybody bloop, doesn't bloop. get off. <laughs> you just hear bloop 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 bloop. bloop. Michael has left the chat. <laughs> bloop, bloop. Yeah, let's just jump into the shits, man. Um, let's get into this real quick. Um. Let's talk about some movies that are coming out uh, this specific uh, week. Uh, we have got uh, the Disney and Pixar film um, Onward, uh, which uh, let me give you the quick synopsis uh, set in a suburban world. Two teenage uh, brother, two teenage elf brothers, Ian and Barley Lightfoot go on a journey to discover if there is still a little magic left out there in order to spend one last day with their father who died uh, when they were young, uh, too young to remember him. Uh, this is directed by Dan uh, Scanian and uh, was written by Scanian as well as uh, Jason Headley and Keith uh, Burren, Bunnin, uh, and uh, voicing the uh, some of the 
characters on screen are Tom Holland, Chris Pratt. Uh, I don't know. I said Pat, Chris Pratt, uh, Julia Lewis Dreyfus, Tracy Ullman. And uh, just, just a note too. Uh, this, uh, this film actually was inspired by uh, Scallions um, or Scan Scanlons. I don't know. Let's go with that. Scanlon sounds good. Scanlon. Uh, Scanlon's father's death when Scanlon and his uh, brother were younger in their relationship, he decided to write the story after hearing an audio clip of his father. Uh, have you heard about this before we, uh, before we yeah, talk about so this? I've seen a lot of like the, the, the press tour inf- uh, like interviews the yeah, yeah. that press Chris Pratt and Tom Holland have been doing. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I have zero interest in this movie. Yikes! Um, Damn! I just told you about the dude's dad. You like, nah, fam. <laughs> I'm gonna hold on to that. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. But, but you know, I just, I just don't have any interest in this movie. I, I've watched fair enough, the, fair enough. The, you know the trailer. I've seen the press releases. I, I've even seen a couple of Tom Holland and Chris Pratt's like interviews, right, where they talk about like their you know the bromance that they they've developed because they work together, obviously in uh, Avengers. Um, uh, so they're both in the MCU, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously, Chris Pratt, his story, right, his background, uh, where where he came from, where he started, mm-hmm. incredible story. Um, to see where he's at, I'm happy for him. This movie particular, and I, I think I like Chris Pratt. I'm not sure yet, but I think I like him. Yeah, this movie only, just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about Chris Pratt is he's uh, he gets a little right wingerish uh, when he's like, and he's like super religious too. Mm-hmm. Which Ugh. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, like yeah. I, I, I usually I'm, I'm usually I'm fine with people who are like super religious. It's fine. It's just when. It's like when they don't need to comment on something and then they comment. I'm just like, I didn't, we didn't need it. We didn't need it. You could uh, just kept it to yourself. It's fine. Especially if it's like uh, trying to tie everything back to religion. Yeah. It's like, like it's kind know, of annoying. It's just like, man, sh- shut up. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to hear. Coronavirus is what God intended. Uh, if you're Mike Pence, you just try to pray that bad boy. No, away. it's not. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I, other than that, I, I, you know, I adore Chris Pratt, um, him on, um, uh, Parks and Rec, hilarious, um, and obviously his his role as a Star Lord on um, uh, Guardians, uh, of the Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, is awesome as well. So I can't really say too much of you know too many bad things about the guy. But anyways, uh, onward uh, again comes out this uh, this particular Friday, March sixth. Um, let us know what you guys think about the uh, the film um, once you once you see it. Uh, so comment below. All right, let's move the fuck on. All right, uh, the next film coming out uh, this particular week is uh, The Way Back, which we actually talked about last episode, um, where we talked about uh, Ben Affleck's sort of struggles and how this film sort of relates directly to that. Um, but let me give the quick synopsis of the film first. Uh, a former high school basketball phenom struggling with alcoholism is offered a coaching job at his alma mater. As the team starts to win, he may uh, have a reason to confront his old demons, but will it be enough to set him on the road to redemption? This uh, film is directed by Gavin O'Connor and written by O'Connor as well as Brad Ingsley. Uh, I don't know why I can't speak. Uh, and stars Ben Affleck, uh, Jania Gavankar, uh, Michaela Watkins, and um, Da Vinci. Uh, I didn't. That's a. It's a hell of a last name. No, no. It, well, his, it just has the name Da Vinci. Uh, oh. And he's an actor uh, who acted in. Uh, did you watch the show The the Boys? 
the one like the superhero one on yeah, Amazon, yeah, yeah. right? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, yet. he plays the uh, I think the uh, the speedster on the show. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was interesting. It was like you know, it's like Madonna. Like you just have a just one, one word, name, yeah, yeah, one word. And like, <laughs> if name. you're gonna go by just one name, yeah, you got it's got to be something epic. You can't it, be it's like got to be big Joe. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> and people have to accept it, right? If not everybody's on board with it, it's never gonna stick. Yeah, you know, there's share. Well, how do you, how do you get Madonna. everybody on board? It's you just have to fucking just go for it, right? Now, mm-hmm. when you go for it, you can't eighty twenty it. You know, you can't. 70 30 you can't 90 10 it you got to go 100 percent. like yeah this is my name there's just one and then you got to just wait wait for the response it's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and right? just seeing what the fuck happens please stick, please stick please stick please stick right yeah. and then if you tell your name to somebody and they're like oh yeah you know i'm uh da vinci and they're like cool and then they introduce you yeah. to other people as that yeah now that's you got it. when now you've got now it you got right it. yeah um but if they're like hey it's my friend da vinci um uh what's your what's your li-? and then if you have to explain it to that's that person and everybody name. then they're like mm, <laughs> now or or you can see mm, look or you can once you get up mm, no 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 or, or you could uh or you could flip it and be like once they start asking about it be like nah fam da vinci yeah, you can hit him with something no, smooth see, like that, you know. See, if you say that, then people are gonna be like, "That's mm-hmm. that hudlum." As soon as you go, like, go grab yourself another beer, everyone's yeah. like, "Who the fuck?" Is yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Who invited him? Yeah. <laughs> then, then you're done. Then you're done. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about the film. Um, you know, we, it's well documented. We talked about uh, Ben Affleck's struggles and and how this is, uh, you know, they're, they're, this film is essentially kind of like a mirror to his own life. In fact, um. Apparently, there's like one scene where he has it out with his on-screen wife uh, in the film. I think I think that's Jania uh, Gavankar um, that that plays his wife in the film, and he he like broke down like on set. Uh, and I think at one point he actually like throws something. I think they're in an argument or she's like chastising him for like drinking too much. And he like throws something and she wasn't expecting it. And it, mm-hmm. but it was like a raw sort of like emotion that he was kind of like drawing from. So this, uh, this film's going to be very interesting to, to watch. I actually would not mind watching this in theaters, uh, just to see like what, like what that actually looks like of somebody dealing, somebody who's in a public I who knows they're doing a movie about something that they're actually like dealing with, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a unique. Scenario. You always wonder where like an actor found the inspiration for the character that they're playing, right? Um, and it's particularly interesting when you know that actor is able to draw from their own real life experiences. Yeah, uh, this is exactly what's happening in this movie, and um, you got to wonder how many of those moments that he had during filming, where it's like this is getting a little bit too personal yeah. or, you know, uh, damn, I gotta, I gotta take a break from this for a second because like I actually live through this, like these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions, like this is very, very real to me. Yeah. Um, which just makes you more interested in the, the movie and the character. I always try and find that like one movie that is not my typical theater style, right? When, when I go to the theater to see movies, I want to see you fucking Rambo, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, end game. Like I want to see like, big theatrical yeah, films right big, uh, yeah big adventure yeah big action like you know things that are more um, uh, like more storytelling more plot more like just great writing and and you know human emotion and re- things that are more artistic I like watching that wasn't like privacy in my own mm. home so I can enjoy it more yeah. but this to your point does look like a movie that you know 
I can see in theaters and I can still enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go out, see uh, The Way Back, which again comes out this uh, March 6th. Uh, and then let us know in the comment section below what you fucking think of the movie. All right. Moving on to our streaming platforms. Uh, fuck, did I forget to? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, actually, you know what? Before I move, we move on to streaming, uh, I actually did forget one movie actually that, that is actually coming out um, in limited theaters. Uh, the Banker actually comes out um, this Friday as well. Uh, and, uh, I'll give you some, some notes on that. Uh, so, uh, quick synopsis in the 1960s, two African-American entrepreneurs hire working class white man to pretend to be, uh, of their business empire to be the head of their business empire while they pose as janitor and chauffeur. Uh, this is directed by George Nolfi as well as written by Nolfi and a slew of other writers, uh, Nicole Levy. Uh, who gets a screenwriting credit or screen screenplay credit? Uh, David Lewis Smith, who gets a screenplay as well as story by credit, and then Stan Younger, who gets a, a screenplay and story by credit, and then Brad Kane, who gets a story by credit. Um, this film stars uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Anthony Mackie, Nia Long, Nicholas Holt, uh, and uh, interesting note: uh, this film is actually produced by um, uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, legend, right? Is Oakland Raiders, right? Uh, Namdi Asmoa, um, as well as uh, uh, Anthony Mackie himself. I did not know that. I don't yeah, know, uh, there, know there's who, uh... a, there's a ton of other producers for the film, yeah. but he's one of them. Which okay. is, uh, you know, it's actually well known that he's like, you know, he's into producing, you know, creative content. Yeah. Um, and I think he's actually done some acting and things like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, when I was uh, just kind of, you know, doing some just minor background research about the, uh, the film, uh, I came across his name and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. he's about, you know, a part of the film. So that's yeah. pretty cool. You know, what? I'm just realizing that Nia Long is in this film as well. I mean, I just said it, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I missed that entirely. All right. Well, if you I don't listen re- to our podcast, who I'll does right? it right And I'll take credit for it. All right. Uh, so uh, listen, uh, it's Nia the American Long way. It's the American way yeah. is in this film as well. Yeah. Thank you for that update. Yeah. <laughs> So like when you say something that's already been said, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just have to raise your eyebrows. Yeah. Right? And then and look like, you know, hey, I'm adding so, something new yeah, here. It's like I, I've contributed <laughs> to this. Like, wow, Neil Long is in this film as well. Yeah. Uh yeah, but uh yeah, thank you for that uh very <laughs> not worthy uh update. Um but, but my uh, eyebrows were the right level though, the right height. Okay, that, I mean, the, if you, the perfect height in if, order to sell it. If you say so, uh, I believe you. Um, but uh, another interesting thing about the film is that it's actually being released uh, by or being distributed by uh, Apple TV or Apple TV Plus more specifically. So uh, this will eventually come out um, uh, come out on the actual Apple TV or one would figure this would eventually come out on the Apple TV Plus platform. Um, uh well, or actually, I have this specific date. It's actually March twentieth that you'll be able to actually see this on Apple TV Plus. Um, so, yeah, so I have Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, the morning show, phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked for anything else. I haven't opened the app or gone <laughs> to it. Fucking since. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, mind you, mostly it's mostly because I'm watching Narcos uh, Mexico, Mexico yeah. on Netflix, and then once that's done, um, there is a show on Apple TV I plan to pick up next. But uh, 
Yeah. Thank God it's free for this first year. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, uh, if I had to pay. Yeah, th- that might be some trouble. Are you sure you want to cancel your subscription? <laughs> yes. Mr. Finley, I'd have to click yes. <laughs> then ask me again, like, are you sure? You wanna? That's, I mean, like, can we do anything a, for canceling you? Canceling a subscription these days, it's like, uh, it takes 15 minutes. Yeah, because first you have to find it, and it takes a while to do that. And they and then you bury know, it yeah, in, yeah, they in do. the settings. They do. They're very savvy. Your, your profile. Hey look, hey, look, it's about rigging the system, right? Like, you, you, if I can rig the system, so make it harder for you, uh, to make it harder for you not to give me um your money yeah then yeah okay. have you ever tried deleting your facebook it, it's impossible bruh yeah. it, the only the bullshit you can do is deactivate it that's the yeah. easiest thing you, you have do. to Train, hire yeah. an attorney to <laughs> <Yeah>. delete <laughs> <laughs> your facebook oh, shit. all right let's uh let's let's move on here uh to streaming platforms okay let's uh let's jump right through this um first on uh, and it and this is the beginning is going to be the beginning of march so there's going to be a ton of shit that's coming out on all the platforms uh so we're going to start with hbo we have uh food lore season one we have the shop uninterrupted um we have axio season three premiere we have the dishwasher um or and i guess in spanish this is el uh lava platos uh and then the sparring partner aka uh el chata uh, and then some throwback picks for um, for HBO are the Adjustment Bureau. One of like, really, I think, underrated movie. I really like that movie, even though it, it's still underrated. it's still kind of like a. I can see why people kind of sleep on it a little bit, but I I just like it. It's just yeah. I like the vibe of the film. Also starring a, a one Anthony, Anthony Mackie. Mackie, yeah, as well. Um, uh, and then Fight Club uh, comes out uh, on HBO this uh, this month, which is always an. It's one of those movies that if it's on. Check it out. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm more surprised when people haven't seen Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why well, well, I, I put those people in the same category that they probably say now and later. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely. And then they when they tell you the shit they have seen, it's like really. Yeah. That's what. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what, what you're spend spending this. time on. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's let's go to Hulu. Uh, on Hulu, we have Hillary, uh, which is a docu series. Uh, I'm guessing that's going to be on Hillary Clinton. It'd be funny as shit if it wasn't on Hillary Clinton. If it so was like somebody like Hillary else, Duff. she would she would send a cease and desist <laughs> <Hillary> immediately. <Swank. laughs> Don't you use my first name? Like, well, there's other Hillies in the world. Are there though? <laughs> yeah, what are some other? Uh, there was Hillary from um, uh, Fresh Prince Fresh of Bel Air. Yeah, but that was just like an on screen name. So. It's Hillary. Still call it Hillary. No one knows her real name. Yeah, uh, uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Duff. Yeah. Okay. Hillary, Hillary Duff. That was going to be my only one. I don't have anybody else after that. Damn. Yeah. Man. Hey, she's got a monopoly on Hillary. What are you going to do? Be time for a new Hillary. <laughs> she, uh, but no, no. Hillary Clinton is current. Hillary. No, no. That's what I'm saying. And I'm pretty sure she's like going around threatening people. If you who use this goddamn name, yeah. I swear to God. Damn. Uh, she got it. Yeah. She's got a monopoly. Um, okay. We have Into the Dark uh, Crawlers. Episode premiere. We have Dez uh, or Devs uh, series premiere, which is FX on Hulu. I'm hearing um, a lot about this show. Yeah, I have heard nothing about it, so I don't, really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Man, know. I'm hearing a lot. It, uh, uh, I don't know what it's about though. Fair it's, about. it's probably about like, oh, you know what? I think it's like a tech thing where it's like developers and they're like re hmm. redoing like human coding or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, then it'll the be... commercial looked really interesting. Like the grading for it, it was like this yellowish, like contagion type hmm. of tint. Yeah. Um, the trailer looked really interesting. I've been seeing a lot about it, but I don't know anything about the show. Oh, well, you'll be able to check it out this week. I won't. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, and some throwback picks for Hulu. We have uh, Waiting to Excel. Always a good watch. Mm, Always yeah. enjoy watching that. Uh, even 
if not for anything else, say what you will about the story. The fucking soundtrack's incredible. Like, there's still bangers on there that I listen to till this day. Yeah, uh, uh, the song "Waiting to Exhale" that was a uh, with good Whitney Houston. Movies. That was like, that was a "Waiting yeah. to Exhale" a thin line between love and why hate. was that? It's so fucking weird why we jumped to that. Is it is it because they're kind of related a little bit about like bad relationships? Well, I think it was like an, an era in which they were like these very prominent. Um, not not necessarily an era as as it's gone away, but these were like very successful, prominent, timely like African American led movies, right? Mm-hmm. And in a thin line between love and hate, you've got Martin Lawrence, and you've got uh, I believe it was Angela Bassett. No, it wasn't Angela Bassett. It was uh, I'm gonna forget her. I'm not gonna remember her name, but it it wasn't. It wasn't Angela. Angela. Yeah, yeah, she was in Stella Got a Groove Back, right? Um, and yeah, oh, you mean Angela? Angela yeah, Bassett. Angela yeah, Bassett. Yeah, yeah. Bassett. Yeah, some bangers came out during that time. Uh yeah, you know that's that's truly undeniable. Although I mean, people still they're still cooking. You know, they're still in the lab. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, it hasn't ended. I'm just saying, like it was that that was an era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a time. That '90s era. Yeah. Um. Then we have Fifty Fifty, which is a movie with uh, uh, JGL as well as um. Seth Rogen. I don't know if you remember it. It was like a, the guy has cancer yeah. and his like friend helps him through. Yeah. Or something like that. And yeah. Say, Fuck it it was a, just... it was a pleasant movie. I, I I enjoyed it. Um, I forget who the actress was. I just remember not uh, not remembering it was her, and then going back and watching the movie, and be like holy shit! Like I you know I forgot she was even in this movie. Oh, I think it was uh, what's her name? Uh, Listen, I'm gonna find out here. Brie like, Larson. You know I was going for that, but yeah. Um. Because I figured it would be somebody who I didn't really care for. Anna Kendrick was in this film too. No, you know what? No, I think she plays the she plays the person who like is his like eventual love interest in the film. Yeah, but I don't. You know what? I don't see Brie Larson on here. It might not be Brie. It might be somebody else. It was just somebody who I was like, holy shit! Like I I forgot this person. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce, yes, Bryce Dallas Howard. That's who it was. Uh, Yeah, she she played that role really well because I remember hating her a lot in that movie. Ah, yep, I remember this. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move on to Amazon Prime. We've got Zero Zero Zero, which is a season one premiere or season one of the show. Um, and uh, and then some throwback picks on Amazon Prime. We have Going the Distance, which is uh, with Justin Long and Drew Barrymore. Again, one of the like I think I feel like it's a highly underrated movie. It, it's kind of like one of those like rom coms, um, but I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. Uh, then we have The Descent. Uh, did, did you ever watch that? It's a horror movie. Where they like descend into the, the cave. cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I don't like scary movies, so I haven't yeah. seen the movie, but I. <laughs> I uh, but you've heard about it. I, I, yeah. I've yeah. Seen it. Didn't they have like two? Yeah, there was a second the, one. I, I didn't watch that one. Yeah. Two. yeah, not because I was scared of it, because I just. I, I generally don't believe in sequels to horror movies. It's like, yo, I heard. Unless it's. Gary shit happened down there. Yeah. Let's go down let's, there. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the. Let's go to this place yeah. where 50 people were murdered yeah. brutally. And only three of us <laughs> with cameras and, and flashlights. Uh, and cell phones that aren't fully charged. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing we're not going to get service in the cave 100 feet below ground. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Night of the Living Dead as another throwback pick, um, which I'm always a fan of the, uh, the, the original. Um, on Netflix, let's talk about uh, what's coming out on that uh, this particular week. We've got Go Go Corey uh, Carson, uh, season two, uh, Taylor Tom- uh, Tomlinson, Quarter Life Crisis, uh, Castlevania, season three, uh, Mighty Little Bem, uh, Festival of Colors, uh, Guilty. And we have also I Am Jonas, which I'm assuming that has something to do with the Jonas Brothers. We skipped over that Castlevania season three. 
we didn't skip over it. We just sped by it as Ooh, we should appropriately do. No, that shit was hard. <laughs> Have you seen Castlevania? No. Dumb hard. Yeah. Like, when, is it I mean, animated? Yeah. It's like okay, a, as, an, as, as hard as an. Oh, okay. Which is. I mean, it's animated, but it's like not like uh, animated, like fucking like Scooby-Doo. a family it's, film. It's okay. animated. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Uh, okay, all right. All right. I, I retract my snarkiness. Um, Paradise PD Part Two, The Protector Season Three, Spencer Confidential, Twin Murders, uh, The Silence of White City, uh, Ugly Delicious Season Two, which I'm actually a fan of. Um, yeah, it's I, forget a good show. The, I forget the guy's name, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like, and he's like on a million shows on Netflix too, uh, cooking shows. But uh, and some throwback picks on Netflix, we have Goodfellas. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna say? Like, if you're scrolling through Netflix for 30 minutes and you can't really find anything to watch, Goodfellas, just, it is. Yeah, <laughs> even though it. that's like a two, three Goodfellas or the Matrix is always a good watch. Fair enough. Uh, then we have Richie Rich. I used to love this movie when I was a fucking kid. I was obsessed with Richie Rich when I was a kid. I was like, there's a McDonald's in his house. Get the fuck out of here. Who was in Richie Rich again? Was it uh, Macaulay? Macaulay Culkin, yeah. Yeah. As well as... Um, who I didn't love parents? it. You didn't love it? Yeah, fair enough. That's fair. It wasn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just have nostalgia for it. Yeah. Uh, then we have what well, is a fantastic movie, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, yeah. Just one of the movies that, like, you just, come on. Andy Dufresne, you, you gotta you gotta give it up uh, for, for the film. Morgan Freeman. Um, what was Morgan Freeman's name in the film? Uh, it was... Uh, Fuck! I'm gonna kick myself when I eventually don't remember this. Um, damn, I forget what it is. But uh, I, I could probably move on. Um, so there's there was this like list of other movies that came out at the same time. Um, yeah, so all of these movies were in theaters at the same time, October yeah, 1994. The a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there was Jurassic Park. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Damn, that was a year. Forrest Gump. That was the wait. And wait, the Shawshank Redemption. Wait, in the same week? They were all in theaters at this in the same oh, month okay, so of October in okay. 1994. Damn, that was a month. That month was lit. Yeah. <laughs> People were living at the theaters. In 94, you don't got no, <laughs> you got no bread. You're like, I got to see Jurassic, hey, Pulp, it was vastly Forrest more, Gump, and Shawshank. It was that vastly was, easier to sneak into a theater back then. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah the crazy. Technology easy. wasn't that great. The, the people weren't getting paid enough, so they were like, fuck it. Just go like, you would go see Jurassic Park with your lady, right? Quadruple feature. <laughs> you, you would see Jurassic Park with your lady. Yeah. And like the next night, you take your side chick to see <laughs> Pulp Fiction, and then but she's there with her side dude, and they're going to see Shawshank Redemption. Neither one of you can be mad at each other because yeah, yeah. like you just respect. How was the movie? Respect. <laughs> <laughs> you played the game well. Yeah. Um, and then we also have Space Jam, which is uh, always a good oldie. Although I don't know if Space Jam's necessary age very well. Um, and then we have uh, Tootsie uh, with. Uh, uh, Ju- uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, great movie. When when I was in school, uh, in my brief stint uh, in, uh, brief in, stint in a film fi- no film program, um, you know we would have these like required like, you know we would have these watchings of these you know of these films and Tootsie was one of them. Uh, and at first I was like, ah, this seems like it's gonna be a stupid movie. I'm not gonna like. And then I watched it. Pleasantly surprised. I was like, "Yeah, I, I actually really fuck with that." So, um, so yeah. And then uh, I didn't watch this movie, but I, everybody's always making a big deal about it. Uh, there will be blood. Uh, I'm pretty sure it has uh, what's his name in it. Um, there will be blood. What's like what's I'm who's the actor this. that everybody's always saying is the greatest? Even though I'm like Daniel eh, Day Lewis. Da- Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
so that's another throwback uh, that uh, that I actually probably will watch because just everybody just always shits themselves about how good it is. Uh, okay, let's move the fuck on. Um, let's jump into some trailers. Uh, whew, this week we got uh, we got a good one. This We've week we got a lot. Yeah, yeah, we got a really good one this week. Uh, so. We got Candyman this week. Uh, so for those who don't know, this is a film franchise that started back back in like the nineties. It was probably the early nineties, yeah, somewhere around there. So. Um, had had a few sequels um, and uh, was just kind of like a main staple. Is one of the only like like the and I guess if you can call it like black horror films, you know, yeah. um, of its kind. Even though I'm probably forgetting tons of them, um, but the only one that's coming to mind. I, mean, I think is this is like Tales from the Hood. prominent ones. Yeah, no, hundred percent. There was Blackula. Yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually think was the uh, no, was, or was That's it Dracula a, in Harlem? Uh, no, uh, no, no. I think you're talking. About, are you talking about the one with Eddie Murphy? Yeah. No, no, that was uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. That was stupid. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> I watch that movie right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mince words. That that was pretty stupid. No. I, I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, you go back and watch it. Just like, I mean, nah, if you this watch is, it today, you're awful. like, Ugh. yeah, this is god awful. Um, but yeah, but Candyman, one of the uh, you know one of the more well known uh, horror films of the uh, the 90s. Um, but uh, they're they're essentially doing this one as kind of a natural or not a natural, I guess, but uh, as a successor to that original, um, because I guess they're doing the same thing that they do with all her horror movies nowadays. Just ignore all the sequels that came after it and just yeah. name this one the sequel. Um, it's but, very true. I mean, uh, Michael Myers movies are pretty much going back to like, yeah, they're like, fuck all that shit. We're just going to go back to the first or the second movie. We're going to yeah. start there. And- well, and, and it wasn't a horror movie, but they did the same thing essentially with uh, Terminator, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, 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 they went. They pretty much ignored everything yeah. that T3. Terminators done. T three, Terminator Genesis, yeah. Terminator Salvation. Uh, it didn't happen. Never heard of that. Yeah, shit. Never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled a little Wayne. Never heard of him. Um, wasn't that? Was that, that Wayne? No. What a good reference. You're gonna that's reference something. Everyone's got to know never the reference. Never heard of him. That's from what some little wings on. Oh, somebody, somebody find out out there. Comment below. Maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> All right, all right. Let me give you the quick synopsis of the film. Uh, a spiritual sequel to the 1992 horror film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. This is being directed by Nia DaCosta uh, and written by uh, DaCosta as well uh, as um, Jordan Peele, Wynn, and Wynn uh, Rosenfeld, uh, which is actually pretty awesome since obviously Jordan Peele is, you know, he's got so much uh, momentum behind him because yeah. of uh, us and um, uh, Get Out. Get Out. Um, as well as he's, you know, uh, helming the, uh, the, the sort of, uh, twilight, um, twilight, um, yeah, the twilight, twilight zone. zone. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why my brain malfunctioned. Um, anyways, uh, the film sh- uh, stars, uh, uh, Yaya, uh, Abdul Mateen, the second, uh, Tiana, uh, Paris, Nathan Stewart, Jarrett and Coleman Domingo, as well as returning to the title role himself, Tony fucking Todd as Candyman himself. Tony Todd has to be 8,000 years old. Yeah. Still looks good, though. Yeah. You know, he's still sprightly. Yeah. 
Uh, you gotta love it when you see like these types of things happen, right? Like when you see the original uh, actor who played Michael Myers reprise his role as Michael Myers, right? Yeah. When you see the original Candyman reprise that role, uh, you know we we've gotten the lifelong pleasure of seeing um, uh, voice Mufasa, uh, James Earl Jones, right? Live to voice Mufasa in the original, and what twenty years? later if not more hey man like look voice uh steady mufasa again steady stream of income this is all about residuals (laughs) you get that legacy check the first one that was my money okay that's what he's telling his that first movie that's my money this is yours this movie this is the family's money for you um all right so the film is going to be released uh june 20th of this uh year just a couple of notes uh uh Ania DaCosta uh, directed, and I, I thought you would like this, Top Boy Series 3, Episodes 4 and 5. You're, you're a big ah, Top Boy fan, yeah? Top Boy, yeah. as Drake would say. Yeah, fair enough. I know. Okay. You know. Yeah. He's always, it's always <laughs> Doing different. his weird Drake shit. <laughs> um, as well as, look, I want to say this fucking right now, man. Um, this dude, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, he is on a run. Yeah, he is it. on a run right now. Let me tell you why. Um, first of all, he, uh, for anybody who watched um, Watchmen, plays a very integral role that you don't really see coming until like you get towards the end of the, uh, the Watchmen series on series. HBO? The, yeah, movie. Okay, the, yeah. the Watchmen series, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I feel like he kind of knocked it out of the park with that. But then also this dude, he might be a young Morpheus in the new matrix movie yep, which is they're currently filming you know uh and now he's doing this Candyman gig uh this dude's on a run right now i don't know you know i don't know hopefully we won't hear in the future that you know there's any sort of harvey weinstein situation going on with him protect this man yeah uh but uh no i mean <laughs> something happening to him uh <laughs> is what i'm saying in order to have this meteoric yeah. rise <laughs> um so and and not to mention, so he's got um. Uh, there's a film that's in post production right now. It should be re- releasing in 2020. The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which he's in, mm. um, which uh, you know, it's a really interesting story behind that movie. And uh, we saw him in the first Aquaman movie. Uh, to be honest, I think while he did okay, mm. his character and the costume of the character was pure shit. <laughs> um, but he is uh, reprising the role of like David Kane uh, yeah. or the Black Manta yeah. in Aquaman 2 and oh fuck get yeah, this guy yeah, get get the Marvel people in here to redesign <laughs> these costumes um, yeah. it was shit yeah uh, and also he was in a he was in a and I'm very curious to hear what you think of this particular episode of Black Mirror because it was uh, it was an episode that I wasn't quite sure where to place because of the content. Yeah, you know I've um, never seen that show, right? Black Mirror. No, no, I know, I'm, but I'm interested uh, specifically this particular episode. Yeah, um, because about? I think in the black community, I think it's gonna ruffle some feathers a little bit. Will he leave a black woman for a white woman? Uh, no, although that's no, I'm not even gonna <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even gonna spoil it for you, uh, uh, because it's very. In Black well, Mirror, I'm, I'm not gonna see it. You, so you just will. tell me. You, because I'll, I'll, I'll get you to. They're like an hour long. It's fine. You, you have it to spare. It's Listen, fine. I've got so much uh, TV shut to watch. Uh, I'm not shut up. Watch it. Just you, tell you me. You can take a break from Narcos real quick. Watch an hour of fucking Black Mirror, and, and that's all you have to dedicate to it because it's uh, standalone episodes. It's not as if you have to follow like an entire season. You'll do it. Cool. All right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, okay. Anyways, he's he's on a run, man. Uh, and I just so I just got to give a, a quick uh, uh, shout out to. Um, 
Yaya, do your goddamn do, young man. All right, um, let's move on to uh, other happenings. Uh, we got a trailer for Transformers uh, War for Cybertron trilogy. Um, now, I'll be honest. I you didn't like it? I wasn't terribly. I'm not really a big. I you mean, when like I was younger, like animated, I was into it. Or do you just not like Transformers? Transformers was one of those things that if it was on, cool, I'm chilling. Yeah. I wasn't really looking for it. What? Yo, bro, they're robots in disguise. <laughs> How do you not fuck with that? I don't like the deception. I like people being up front. Show me what you are. I, I need to know, you know. Uh, with Clark Kent, I could tell. Yeah. That's what definitely if you Superman. had a Transformer car, you didn't know it, and you traded it in. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. feeling dumb. <laughs> and then when Kelly Chevrolet is like, uh, "Yo, <laughs> we got idiot. a fucking transformer right here." Yo, Jay Z was talking to you when he was like, uh, "Dumbo." <laughs> and now I'm feeling. I had a transformer Dumbo. in Brooklyn. Could have bought it for two million. Now it's worth a hundred million. How am I feeling, Dumbo? Uh, let me give you a quick synopsis. A uh, homeschool. Wait, no. Yep. Uh, a home. Wait, no, that's definitely I have the wrong synopsis. Anyways, this is about Transformers and Transformers shit. Uh, is the <laughs> uh, essentially the um, the gist here? Um, this is uh, be, uh, the showrunner is F.J. Uh, DeSanto, and the writers are George uh, Christick, Gavin Highnight, and Brandon um, Estique. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure when this is coming out. They were very, they've been very mum on the actual date uh, that it's going to premiere on Netflix. But uh, obviously, sometime this year, one would, one would suspect. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't see an exact release date as well. Um, but the gist of this, and I think like all of the movies have kind of like fed into this, right? So mm. when it, when we're introduced to the Transformers in like the future films that we've seen with Shia LaBeouf and uh, Mark Wahlberg. The war, Cybertron is destroyed, Cybertron has collapsed, um, uh, Autobots and uh, Decepticons are hiding on Earth, right? Yeah. Um, And we know that there was a war on Cybertron between the Autobots and the Decepticons, but we don't know exactly why the war happened or what it was for, the purpose of it, any of that. This movie dives into that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It tells us what the primes actually were. uh, in terms of being like the great warriors of Cybertron, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what actually led to the war and all the politics behind it. Yeah. And I just think the animation of this movie looks really good. For it looks pretty cool. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It, it does look pretty cool. And I, I'm not going to guarantee that I'll check this out, but I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm just not a big Transformers fan, yeah. but it does look pretty cool. Though, I'm not yeah, gonna if lie. you're looking for something different, yeah. Like if you like, I just want to try something different just once. I would check this movie out. Um, it fills in the gaps. This animation looks great. Good storytelling. A lot of really good action. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's move forward. Um, we have the high note. Uh, high night. Uh, the high note trailer. Um, and I'll give you the quick synopsis on this. Uh, a superstar singer and her overworked personal assistant are presented with a choice that could alter the course of their respective careers. This is being directed by Nisha uh, Ganatra. And written by Flora Greason, or yeah, I believe that's Greason. Um, and this film stars Tracy Ellis Ross, the incomparable huh. T E R. Nah, I don't like the I don't like the no, acronym no, there. No. <laughs> that didn't hit right. Yeah. Uh, so Tracy Ellis Ross. Now, uh, if you didn't know this, this is the daughter of Diana Ross. Yeah, uh, and Robert Ellis. These days, they don't know who the fuck Diana Ross what? is. What? 
No, they, 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 look, I was talking to somebody the other day and look, basically I was like, hey, I was trying to make a reference to 8 Mile. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was talking about Papa Doc, you know, that whole thing. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't get what I mean, do you? Clarence? She's like, no, but it's on my list of movies to watch. And I was like, oh, no. <sighs> Where was this? Uh, this was i was having a meeting with somebody actually that i that i young work with people. um but she she is pretty young yeah um but that was when i was like oh, i feel old and i was like i was like how old were you when eight mile came out she was like, like i was i was eight, eight. <laughs> she was and i was like damn yeah yeah you're right you wouldn't know what the fuck's going on with papa doc and, and how savage M was on that yeah. last <laughs> on that last verse but um Damn, yeah. It does make me feel old now. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Like, you saw Eminem. He performed at the, was it the Grammys? Wholly unnecessary. He didn't yeah, yeah. need to do that. It was. Um, I mean, I thought it was great. Like, the first hip hop song to ever be nominated for, like, an uh, an Oscar, right? Um, but, like, people in the audience, like, there were people who were, like, fucking loving it. Like, yo, this is. But great. there were people who were confused, like, and then, why I, is he I, here? And I think the one person who, um, when you know really got her faces all over the internet like oh this is everyone's reaction was um billy billy eilish yeah. right she was just like uh what's happening but, she, right but to be fair like they made it they made her face like that for everything and also yeah she is pretty young yeah so. and she's kind of just has that personality like oh, i don't i'm young i'm a, i don't want no 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 I, th- I, th- I think she's um i i i I don't know too much about her, but I think what I have been able to guesstimate and we're getting tremendously yeah. off topic but I, I would have to guesstimate that she's she's more into shit than than any both of us combined because of just you know what her I, I just watched like a random video of her and how her brother like you know make their make the music yeah they put a lot of fucking work into it so, yeah they, they put it yeah, work for sure yeah, i'm sure they're fans of well, they're young everything and everybody Ugh, i don't you know? want to be here i don't want to do this <laughs> <laughs> anyway right, tracy on. tracy yeah. ellis ross um i mean timeless this this woman right here yeah i love her creativity uh, i follow her on instagram i mean she she just does a lot of really great interesting things and i like the way she picks her projects picks her partnerships i like everything the fuck about her and i like this movie yeah uh and this movie also stars uh, dakota johnson who will remember from uh we've covered it on the show plenty uh uh fuck what's the show on netflix come on come on come on, come on. uh fuck it was a show it was a show a show with the uh the angels who like this time skip or reality skip or whatever the fuck it is and it, it got canceled after two seasons and then we were like oh, this is very questionable how they ended this uh the angels who oh, come skip on through time and reality or yeah uh fuck come on dude it's gonna pain and we watched that. this we watched this you watched it we both we watched both watched it? this yes guaranteed we've talked about it plenty of times art thou sureth <laughs> yes thou it uh, is sure. Uh, come we're on, talking come about on, Dakota on, Johnson. On. Right? Dakota Johnson, yes. The angels who time skip. Oh no! You know what? I'm thinking of a different person altogether. Although, although her and this person, they look extremely. Dakota like, Fanning. No, no, it's not Dakota Fanning. Uh, it is. Uh, fuck. Damn it! Uh, you know what show I'm talking about? On Netflix. Uh, the OA. The OA. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking of. Uh, fucking, I forget what her um, name is too. I'm yo. I'm having fucking. Yeah. I'm going through Alzheimer's. Um, Damn. What is her name? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, Dakota forward. Johnson. I'm actually a, a pretty decent fan of Dakota Johnson. Uh, uh, she, except for that fucking tragedy of uh, a movie 
50 shades of, of gray and 50 shades darker. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I watched like 10 minutes of it. I was like, Yo. yeah, I'm good. And like, I was watching it like, yo, we about to get some wild. <laughs> I was alone at the crib. With, I don't know if I want to know how this story ends. <laughs> with some wine. And I was like, yo, it's about to be lit in here. We about to get it cracking. Uh, and then all I got, you know, within the first 15 minutes, I swear to God, I couldn't. <laughs> Do like, I couldn't I put my dick away I couldn't watch the rest of that yeah, movie you know what movie that uh, she was in that's kind of uh, she had an underrated role was uh, 21 Jump Street she was actually hilarious in 21 Jump Street even though her like role was like really brief but I just remember her being this flippant like you know fuck you guys you guys suck because they were like they she was also a cop along with um, Jonah Hill and, and yeah um, uh, Channing Tatum she was um, also in the social network Yes, she was the girlfriend to Mark Zuckerberg. Was that the girlfriend he broke? Oh, no, no, that was Rooney Mara. Yeah, that, that was, was Rooney Mara. Who was she in the social network? I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched social network. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I might need to go back and watch that movie again. That was, it was a great movie. Another movie that I actually really liked her in was... Um, uh, Bad was Times it? at the El Royale? No, although I've... Always, Black Mass? I, I wanted to watch that. Black Mass uh, was a fucking fantastic film um, with... Um, What's his name? Uh, Johnny Depp. Um, no, it was uh, fuck, 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 fuck. The five year engagement. Uh, never with, heard. Uh, that. Never seen that one. But th- I'm that's with, with uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Siegel, who was in um, Jason Siegel and Emily uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is uh, quiet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm familiar with both of them. I yeah. never saw the movie. Yeah, I mean it was a, it was it was an okay movie, but uh, she was she was also good in that. Anyways, uh, moving the fuck on here, uh, we Ice Cube's in this movie as well as uh, Bill uh, Pullman. Um, it looks all right. It yeah, look no, too, this movie it definitely too bad. Good. Looks all right. Uh, looks like it could be definitely a little cheesy. It could looks definitely like be cheesy. Yeah, but let's, let's do this. Let's ride this music wave, right? They, yeah. They had um, uh, a Star Is Born. Star Is Born. Right? Yeah. They, we, they got the what was the movie with Remy Malik? Uh, Rhapsody. Yeah, right. Uh, Rhapsody. Yeah, wasn't yeah. there that uh, Rocket Man? Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we were way too excited to say all of those. You were, <laughs> you're very I gotta, animated. I gotta, I gotta sell this shit. Yeah, apparently. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's buying it. Did you work for the studios? It. Is that what's yeah. going on here? Uh, but you know, I think this is like some really good like industry uh, backside of the industry storytelling, right? Maybe. Uh, I think this takes the interesting angle though, right? Like when you're an older. You know what's a really good not washed up artist, but like what do you and this is a good question though. Mm-hmm. When you are or when you have been very successful, right? Mm-hmm. And you're able to still tour and still have very successful tours on like work you did twenty years ago. <laughs> Ask right? anybody who made any song in the like the nineties. They're like But who fuck that shit you're playing right now? Just play that same old shit we wanna hear. But like the people who are still successful, like Cher still has a residency in um, fucking that has to be Vegas, grueling. right? Uh, night after night, right? just doing the same shit. Um, uh, fucking Diana Ross is still Madonna, touring, right? Madonna still yeah. does shows, right? And like, what do you do when people only have an appetite for your old shit? Well, you have, and a then everyone around you is telling you, "Nah, fuck all that new shit. Let's just get this bread off this old shit. We don't have to make new music." Well, that, that's I think that's a choice. Weirdly enough, that you have to actually make early on in your career. You can't. You can't rely upon 
you have to constantly reinvent yourself. Uh, you have to constantly reinvent yourself. Um, I was, there was somebody who crossed my mind, and I think I'm just losing my memory, but um, there's somebody who crossed my mind who like has done that time after time, just reinvented themselves. And not even if you have successful songs, mm-hmm. you have to immediately kind of like dead that and then go on to like the next This is thing. like an older artist? Yeah, it was... Uh, <sighs> Charlie Wilson? No, although he's he's well, he's got some new work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still putting out bangers. Yeah, um, I, I don't even remember. What's it'll it'll come to you, Charlie Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I you was wondering if I could take you out. You can't go wrong with Charlie Wilson. <laughs> um, That's a smooth like, goddamn song. But like you know, I imagine at a certain point in his career, Steven Seagal was like. <laughs> you know, nah, I, I, he's still making yeah, up. He's I, still making up. <laughs> I want to play like I want to be in a romantic comedy. Like I want to be in one of those Valentine's trying Day movies, to imagine right? this happening. Uh, I want to be in a Christmas movie, and they're like the Christmas cop who like and he's know, like who's on the wrong close. side of the law. He's and, like we're close, we're yeah. close. But maybe if we cut out the cop part of it, yeah. maybe we can do that. And they're like, okay, let's cut out the Christmas part yeah. of it. And you're a, you know on the other side of and the you tracks walk type around of with a machete mm. because you're cutting things now get him a leather jacket <laughs> i don't care if this movie is based in the summer of 93 get him a black leather jacket <laughs> and it's the hottest summer yeah. on record doesn't matter <laughs> in human history get him the jacket all right anyways uh this movie the high note is uh, due out for release on may 8th 2020 check out the trailer let us know what the fuck you think about it uh and uh yeah let us know in the uh, the comment section below all right let's uh let's press forward here uh let's jump into some um some industry shit um okay so we just got word that uh marshala ali uh will be producing as well as starring in a film called swan song uh two-time oscar winner marshala ali is producing and starring in the genre bending uh, drama featuring uh, feature swan song for apple tv plus uh with production uh, starting in the spring uh the film will be produced by apple and anonymous content and anonymous content if i'm not mistaken is uh, uh sam esmo who was behind uh mr robot uh that's his uh production company uh so i'll, I'll definitely be checking for this because I, I you know i just love everything that sam esmo does uh swan song will be directed by academy award winning uh, winner uh, Benjamin Cleary, Cleary, uh, who also wrote the project. Uh, Cleary won the Oscar in the live action short category for 2016's uh, Stutter, which I actually did watch that, uh, and I actually watched it as a part of. Um, I was I was like researching something else, and uh, I was watching something on YouTube, and they were kind of deconstructing the mm-hmm. actual uh, short film, and it was actually pretty good. Uh, uh, this Stutter um, uh, short. Um, but he, yeah, apparently he won an Oscar for it. Uh, the film is set in the near future and explores how far someone will go and how much uh, they'll sacrifice to make a happier life for the people they love. So here's why this like stood out to me, right? Um, so you know, everyone's familiar. And I, every time I say his name, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. But uh, isn't it uh, Mershala Ali? I don't know. I just, I say Marshala, but I believe it's actually uh, Ma Marshala. Well, you're. I think you're pronouncing it how it looks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But I don't think it's Marshala. I think it's like Marshala. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm on. <laughs> hey, sometimes so, you just got admit. I don't yeah, know. So <laughs> here's a guy who, um, I mean, just phenomenal momentum, and not even really just momentum. Um, he's got 
the work behind it to back it up. Uh, so we saw him in Green Book. Uh, we saw him uh, in Moonlight, right? And uh, he's taken on many other great projects since. We know that he has recently been cast as Blade in the upcoming Blade movie. Uh, I think Apple TV did something very strategic here. They picked someone who um, has the talent to, you know, create great content from like obviously we know we know we know he can deliver on screen right yeah um he's been a part of like you know producing um some other like really great projects as well mm-hmm. netflix they tapped ava duvernay right they tapped adam sandler and they're not only bringing in great um directors and producers they're also bringing in uh, like actors who can both sell a project in front of the camera and yeah. then also do some of the creative work behind the camera. I think this is a very smart strategic move for Apple from a business perspective. Um, and I do think like this swan song, just from you know the reading that we've done about it, sounds like a really interesting project. Yeah, uh, I think that's... Uh, so, and weirdly enough, we're actually going to talk about this a little later with uh, sort of our, uh, our spotlight that we're doing. But uh, I think... Apple is going the way of a certain production company that uh, does very sort of like just different shit. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they're not just into just doing the cookie cutter, like this fits in any box and you know, it's just your standard fare of like big blockbuster shit. And I know they, I think they, they know they can't like live in that space if they're going to like carve because Disney is the world fucking eater um, for, for all of that big summer blockbuster shit so you can't you can't really compete with them on that level yeah. you know they've got everything they've got they've got marvel they've got star wars uh they've got animated shit locked down like yeah. you're, you're not really going to catch that lane with them and netflix owns like the comedy the like the documentary well, the docu- well really enough space. i don't i don't think i don't think i mean they they do right they do have like a lot of comedies uh especially like stand-up specials but i don't think netflix as far as like feature films go i don't think they have like a niche i don't think they have like a a, a specific lane that they drive in yeah they'll kind of take because that's still building right um or that i think that's kind of their model right like they they don't they're not i don't think they're necessarily worried about like going after a specific genre or going after a specific like niche of like weird perky films I just think that they go after shit that um, they know on some level business wise is going to work for yeah. them. You know, um, Netflix is looking at like the return on the investment. They're not tied to like a genre. But or Apple a doesn't give a audience. shit. Yeah. Apple has more money than and, anybody can even yeah. count. So they don't need and to worry just about that. In case anyone doesn't realize how much money Apple has, uh, Apple can buy both Netflix and Disney today yeah. if they wanted to. Uh, and pay in cash. Yeah. Not like a cash stock split. Apple can buy them both in cash. Yeah. And just say, ah, we're just gonna we're just gonna acquire all of your shit and not try and compete with you. Yeah. Uh so right now I believe Apple is valued at one point three trillion dollars. Yeah, aren't weren't they the first company in history to uh reach a trillion dollar valuation? I believe so. Yeah, uh, let me read right here. It became the uh, the world's first company to record a market capitalization of one trillion and subsequently passed a one point three trillion threshold in December twenty nineteen. Holy fuck! They can, yeah, that's what? that's that's a stupid amount. Of, Who is gonna yeah. tell you no uh, if you're like the CEO of this company? 
You can shift. Well, what in. are we? What are we talking about? Are we talking about? No, <laughs> not, that, not that kind. <laughs> yeah, of. Like, wait, hold on, hold on. What kind of conversation are we having here? Let's uh, let's dial this back a bit. But like, if I want, if I want to eat at you know your restaurant, right? Get a goddamn table and right it's here. Four o'clock in the morning. Uh, you're like, it's Monday. We don't open <laughs> until four p.m. You're like, goddamn table up. I need. Uh, listen, I need food ready in an hour call your staff do what the fuck you gotta do, do. But I, gotta do. I am hungry now which means you're working now. <laughs> i said i'm hungry now what the fuck is this <laughs> um all right anyways uh, so so to get back to uh to the movie swan song it actually sounds pretty dope uh i love how uh marshall ali he the projects that he chooses i feel like he's very selective and like where he goes with it yeah uh, one of the first movies that i ever saw him in was uh a very strange but i think great movie uh, the place beyond the pines um yeah that uh that starred um ryan gosling, ryan gosling as well as um uh damn what's his name i'm forgetting everybody's name today so i don't bradley cooper and who else who's the the, the female uh what's pines? her name uh eva mendes yes yes who i think is uh highly underrated yeah uh no, I think she's correctly rated. I, th- I think people have a lot of respect for her. I think after, what was that movie she did with Will Smith? Hitch. Hitch. Mm-hmm. I think like that movie was kind of like a little bump in the road in terms of like uh, her ability. Because we haven't really seen much from her since. Like at least I don't remember mm, much. No, no she's, she's still working. She's still working. No, she's definitely still working. Yeah. Um, Hitch just wasn't a good movie for Will or, or Ava. You don't, you don't think that was a good movie? I thought it was a great movie. They're still showing it on TBS right well, now. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> rom-com, right? But like, it wasn't like great. Let's see, when did Hitch come out? And we're getting it was off. It's 2005. Yeah, forward. we really are. We got to move on from this. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? You might be slightly right because uh, I think the last film that she actually did come out with was in 2014. So she actually probably hasn't had a uh, uh, Lost Rose. River. Yeah, Lost River. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, whatever. This is not an indictment on a. Uh, uh, we're not trying to indict. Um, uh, no, no, Mendes we're not here. attacking Ava Mendes. No, no, here. not at all. Uh, but to get back to Marshall Ali, uh, again, he, and he chooses, you know, the the Moonlight role, which he was perfect for, and it worked out great. You know, um, I think he won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, in the film, and then now, unfortunately, he did. He was in Green Book, which see was not that uh, great. You don't shit on Green Book. I actually really enjoyed Green Book. Do I think it should have won Best Picture okay, that okay. year? Okay, maybe I'm leaning towards this way, although. I'm kind of leaning towards that. Nah, I didn't really like it. It was okay. It was it was an okay movie, but it 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 it's like a knife in the side of the gut when it won Best Picture. It's like, come on, what are we doing? Uh, again, I don't know if it should have won Best Picture, but I I thought it was a really good movie. His performance was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I think he he chooses his projects very strategically. Um, no one is like the other. And, and I, I don't anticipate Swan Song is going to be like what we've seen from him thus far. Not at all. Uh, and in a, in another notable sort of role was uh, True Detective. He was in season yeah, three of True Detective, yeah. uh, which was uh, was a pretty good season. It was it was a comeback from season two because season two took uh, we took a bit of a dip. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, some other industry news. Uh, let's talk about Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Jennifer Lawrence will star in Don't Look Up, uh, the newest film from The Vice and the big short uh, writer director uh, Adam McKay. Uh, the film would be Jennifer Lawrence's first project made exclusively for Netflix. I believe she did sign a deal with Netflix, unless I'm just not remembering correctly which I'm probably not. Um, Don't Look Up follows two scientists who, upon discovering that a meteor will strike the Earth in six months, go on a media tour to try to warn the world, but find an unresponsive or unreceptive and unbelieving populace. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think very timely movie, obviously, you know, with the, uh, the current state of, uh, of the world, you know, as far as like climate change and shit like that. So, um, the, the premise for the movie is, uh, is, is pretty solid. Uh, and this is supposed to be sort of like a comedy, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in sort of the vein of, you know, all of Adam McKay's work. Um, he, and he does, I don't think it, it, it's really, I don't think it's spoken about enough how good his films are. They're fan fucking tastic. The big short educational as fuck. Yeah. Yo, you learned a lot about the you know? economy and the stock market. Yes. If you were paying even just a little bit of attention, you learned a lot. Or, or, and about how like how everything happened with the, uh, the financial crash of the, you know, 2007, 2008, um, you know, and, uh, and then vice, you know, I think he shed a light on uh, the, you know, some people really didn't know who the fuck Dick Cheney was or like how powerful, how influential powerful this man yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. Uh, so I think, Adam uh, McKay's work, uh, I think, is it's it's a treasure because it gives you the medicine with the 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 dessert, right? Like you, you're eating the dessert mm-hmm. and you're getting the med- medicine as well, and, yeah. and it's the great blend uh, uh, of both. Yeah, so you're getting someone who who has a history of like creating and producing and and directing great content, and you're getting Jennifer Lawrence, right? Again, she's the dessert here, right? She is. Um, uh, we know her Hunger Games, her performance in Hunger Games as a one Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. Again, you sounded really excited when you yeah, said that. You yeah, gotta, you got to <laughs> high energy right now. Um, but Hunger yeah. Games, you know, whether you like the movie or not, she performed well. She, she, she did her hey, She was Katniss. Like, she, uh, yeah. During that period of time in which Hunger Games films were coming out, like there was no one on top of Jennifer Lawrence. And, and then we have uh, Silver Lining Playbook, right? And this is like where we first got a chance to see her like uh, humorous side, right? And, and I haven't really seen her in, in many like Oh no! Or light, one of my favorite fucking films. She played one of the best roles, even though it wasn't that big of a role. American Hustle. Yeah, yeah. So that was going to be my next. Oh uh, my! But like, God, she wasn't she really was fantastic. She wasn't really in the film that yeah. much, but she was fantastic whenever she was on electric. Yeah. When she was ever whenever she was on screen, it was just like she she took that movie. It was one of the it was one of the moments where she like you can point to one specific person and say that person elevated this film like without her in it yeah i don't know if i like the film as much as i liked it and i and i think that's when people started to really really take her seriously right it's like all right you know we got katniss everdeen it was really really good movies there silver lining playbooks like okay you've got some range right and then you had this very small but incredibly impactful role in um in uh american hustle, american hustle. Yeah. okay you know we're gonna take you seriously here yeah you know you you you're here to stay, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think this project just shows her. Um, I'm mean, a great move for Netflix. Great move for her. Um, there is no. You're not going to fail. No. On a Netflix platform, your movie's going to do well, and I think you just have to meet the expectations of the audience and deliver a good project. No, I, I don't think they, there's any way that they fail with this film. I mean, you've got all the elements. Uh, you've got a great director. You've got a great uh, leading actress, uh, and uh, you, you know uh, Netflix. You know. At least with some of the bigger name movies that they they they, they make, they don't necessarily miss that often. No. So, uh, so I think you've got all the elements here of a uh, of something good. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Um, so, um, so let's talk about. Uh, you know what? I did not. Oh, um, I think I might have had these backwards up. Uh, but let's talk about uh, Painkiller. 
Wait, this is Painkiller, right? That we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Uh, Painkiller, which is uh, Eric Newman, uh, who has been examining uh, the drug trade in Colombia and Mexico uh, as a showrunner for Netflix's Narcos and Narcos Mexico, is turning his attention to the opioid crisis in uh, in America with Painkiller, a limited uh, drama series for the streamer where he's under an overall deal. Um, the New Yorker article, the family that built an empire of pain by Patrick Radin Keefe, uh, in the book, uh, painkiller and, um, uh, an empire of deceit and the origin of America's opioid epidemic by Pulitzer prize winning journalist and author Barry Meyer serve as underlying material for the series, uh, with, uh, with Keefe and Meyer on board as consultants. Uh, so essentially, you know, we're going to get, uh, this, um, this uh, limited series uh, about the opioid crisis, which I think is very like timely, obviously, you know, there's, um, you know, it's a hell of a time that we're in where, you know, you can have all this focus on, we see all those historic historical focuses on, Oh, you know, you got to stop all these illegal drugs. Meanwhile, this legal drug uh, or these legal drugs are flooding the fucking market and people are popping them like there's no fucking literally like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it's taken a grasp of our culture. It's taken a grasp of, um, you know, uh, a lot of Americans lives. Uh, and it feels like something that is the open, you know, secret that, you know, uh, everybody knows it's a fucking gigantic fucking problem, but yet we all just seem to be like, ah, I guess it's just what it yeah, is. Like, And it's because it's like, well, it's legal. It's pharmaceutical company. Exactly. Right? So there's a different I mean, feel to it. There's a different connotation the to choice it. To take these prescriptions, right? But there's a yeah. lot more behind it. And it, and who better to uh, produce a project than someone who's worked on um, uh, the, uh, uh, Narcos, right? Yeah. So one of the things that people may not realize about like what goes into producing a show like narcos that's based off of real life events real people real situations real drug bust real uh, i mean some names change some names don't right like yeah. uh, you know i'm watching uh season three mexico right now and this is telling the very beginnings of el chapo story right um really interesting storytelling so you have to do the research of like like what everything that goes behind the scenes right what really goes into you know, how do you make this stuff? Where does it come from? How do you, how do they distribute it? How do they sell it? Who are the customers? You have to do all of that research. And that's going to lead right into this opioid thing, right? Opioid is, is a drug not much different than meth or crack or cocaine or whatever, right? Well, yeah, I think it's, it speaks to like the general. Yeah. The like only real difference of- is like who now the producers aren't, you know, uh, drug manufacturers in the jungles in Colombia. Now it's f- pharmaceutical companies here in the States. Right? And it kind of, it kind of always has been right. And it's, but it, and, uh, and one of the weird things is, is like our, uh, our economy here in America and even all over the world too. Uh, it's, it, we separate like, okay, like the illegal drugs, like heroin, yeah. like all those other things. Right. We, we separate that. Like, oh, those are bad, but Xanax. Yeah. You know, like or Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Right. Like these things that, like because they make pharmaceutical companies money, we look at them wholly different than we do, you know, the illegal drugs, right? But if people are abusing them in pretty much the same exact way, and in fact, they're almost being encouraged, like, hey, you broke your leg, 
hey, pop one of these oxys. And it's yeah. just like, wait, like, so for instance, um, and this is a short story, but like, you know, my girlfriend, she, uh, she, she uh, tore her ACL, um, and you know, and, and they prescribed to her Oxycontin. Um, and she was, you know, and she was in real pain and she didn't want to really take it at first. Cause she was like, I don't know, like this might be some dangerous territory. Yeah, I might be mixing this she, with Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit, that, hit that lean. Um, but she, uh, she didn't want to take it at first. And then she was like, I'm in real pain and like, I need to take this. So she took it and she was just like, for those like few weeks that she was she was using it she was like she was out of it like yeah. out of it she's like i don't remember any goddamn thing you know yeah um, man and it's and it's that's and that's for somebody who's like in pain imagine if you're not in pain and you're just popping these like i just need to walk down you're the street just doing it for and fun you're just, yeah you're just killing How them addictive it can Fuck, become. And their pills so it's just like you just down them and then say, I don't need to cook this up. I don't need to do nothing. Just, yeah. just fucking pop it. So like when I saw this, I just thought of like how Netflix is able to use, um, talent so strategically is just incredible. Right. It's like, all right, what, what content do we have now? What shows are we doing? How can we tap some of this internal talent? Just keep producing more great talent, more great storytelling. Dope is a really uh, interesting series on Netflix, mm-hmm. which examines like, uh, uh, like the drug trafficking business, right? From a seller perspective, like the dope dealers, the guys who actually do the trafficking, and then it examines from the police perspective, like you know the 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 cops chasing the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this series is going to be very current, very relevant. I think yeah. it's going to be a, a huge success for Netflix because this opioid crisis, it's like it's happening now. Yeah. Right? Well, let me give you some stats real quick. Uh, so this is from. Um this is for 2000, uh, for numbers from 2018. This is from uh, HH. Uh, hhs.gov, um, which I'm sure is human health services.gov. Um, but I might be getting it right. Uh, 130 plus people died every day from opioid related drug overdoses. Think about that real quick. 130 plus people die every single day. So you want to talk about people with guns, people walking around on the street, you know, shooting each other. Everybody's like, oh, what about Chicago, right? Yeah. But dude, these pills are dropping people at 130 a clip yeah. every day. This is, so that's uh, 140, uh, so no, I'm sorry, that's 47,450 people a year. Yeah. That are um, dying every day from opioid crisis. That's more than, uh, I mean, I could be wrong here, but that's more than like guns, right? That are killing people. Yeah. Um, it's more than... Uh, you know, like they'll say, like, oh, the number one, you know, in the black community, right? Black on black crime, right? Yeah. Nah, these fucking opioids yeah. are <laughs> dropping are people, catching way more bodies than yeah. your local gang member. Ten point three million people misuse uh, misuse prescription drugs or pre- uh, prescription opioids in twenty eighteen. Um, Eighty one thousand uh, people use heroin for the first time, and I'm assuming that's after you know um, getting some sort of um, uh, you know, uh, prescribed pill or whatever that they, they're like, ah, that was good. That was fun. Hey, yeah. let's jump over this heroin real quick. And, and you want to talk about gateway drugs and everybody's, like, Oh, marijuana, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug. Okay. Break your fucking leg and start using some oxy. Yeah. That's a gateway. And like, and I think uh, like these, op- these pills, right. It's much more than a gateway gateway. You know, the, the premise of it is like this drug opens up the door, the gateway to like the next drug. Right. Yeah. No, these, these pills, it's, it, it, they're the fucking Uber, of drugs they will pick you up and take you drop you off to your next drug yeah and then they can pick up other if you're doing a pool they can pick your friends up along the way yeah yeah it's, um, it's fucked up when you think about like how fast you go there yeah it's it's fucking crazy man it's staggering but uh but thank god you know uh that hopefully you know 
we'll be able to sort of change some things and 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 redirect some focus onto on uh to to this this craziness yeah. uh and and honestly speaking to like you know uh hopefully this this tells a different story of the past when you talk about the crack epidemic of what, like the nineties, right. Uh, and people have a certain connotation with that and look at that a certain way. Well, now everybody's starting to look at this, you know, drugs differently because it's the opioid crisis and now it's affecting the white face people. of it is like, you know, oh, white people are, oh, we need to, yeah. this is an epidemic. We oh, need yeah. to get, we, we need to not punish because the crack epidemic was about like punishment, right? Right. Doing crack, get tough on crime, going to jail, get tough, tough on, on drugs. Crime, right? Yeah. Now opioid is like, uh, these are white kids. Let's be let's empathetic. Be yeah, know, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> which, let's, which, look, like we should be, but give funding to these programs. Right? We should do that. Uh, you know, let's be clear here. We should do that, but apply that same thing to the you know to other people. Yeah. You know? But anyway. and it's hard to say. Oh, let's apply something. Let's apply it backwards to like what happened, right? Because yeah. you can only apply things to moving forward. Yeah. It's just you know it's American history in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, shout out to Eric Newman, man, uh, doing good work. Uh, so I can't, uh, I can't wait to to uh, look forward to seeing how that sort of. Turns uh, and out. I'm sorry, Peterberg is also a part of this project, which is one of my uh, favorite. You know, Peterberg, writer, actor, director, producer. Um, I think he's one of the more talented, interesting people in Hollywood. Who yeah. I love, I love his whole vibe. He's just like, yo, I do what I want. I work <laughs> on projects I want to work on. Yeah. I like sports. I like film i like to you know i might do a movie with like Wahlberg about um patriot day or um uh lone soldier or i'm just going to do this sports documentary uh this 30 for 30 yeah he just does great work he works on really great projects he's a really interesting guy yeah so shout out Peter that's Bird. a winner let's do it uh all right let's move uh let's move on here uh let's uh let's talk about this and i i felt weird i almost didn't want to talk about this because uh, like i Gotta i felt weird about it. about it um but uh, we're gonna talk real quick about uh michaela spielberg uh so she's uh St- steven spielberg's daughter now um, if you don't know who steven uh, spielberg is and, and you're a fucking idiot well yeah you, know, you can fuck off um schindler's list et saving private ryan minority for it yes color purple not too yeah. many people remember west side that. story oh he's coming out with that I think this is this year that he's coming out with Side Story. Is, is that a 2020 project? I believe uh, so. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's Steven Spielberg. Hollywood legend. They uh, Hollywood legend, of course. <laughs> they you know we don't need to do too many you know, introductions for him. Um, but uh, him and his wife, uh, they had uh, a daughter, uh, albeit she she was adopted, but their daughter is she she was with them from birth, so their daughter. Uh, but uh, Kate uh, Capshaw. Um, and, and so, uh, let's read a little bit from the sun here. They have this story, Michaela Spielberg, 23, uh, who was adopted as a baby by the legendary film director and his wife, Kate, uh, Capshaw, uh, told how she has already starred, uh, started, uh, self producing solo porn film, uh, porn videos and says she would love to land a job as a dancer in a strip club. Once she obtains her sex workers license, Michaela first revealed her new career on social media earlier this, uh, earlier this month when she said my body, my life, my income, my choice, I owe not a single person, my autonomy or virtue just because of a name. Now, there's a ton of things we can talk about and, you know, I hope we won't talk, spend too much time on this. I was grappling on whether we should, you know, talk about this because like I, I feel weird about it. Like she's young, uh, just because it's Spielberg. That's why we like want to talk about this. And I guess it has something to do with film, but not really at all. Um, but then I read that line, and I was like, okay, all right, I, I know what angle, I, you know, I can take with this. Um, that 
that line, and I'll read it again, my body, my life, my income, my choice. I owe not a single person my autonomy or virtue just because of a name that is a bar if I've ever fucking heard one. Yeah. Like, and that, that hits in every single way. Like, yeah. there's there's no there's no like rebuttal to that. Yeah, you're just like you just all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I fully <laughs> accept that. Yeah, because I mean, she's absolutely right. Um, on the surface, is like, oh, you're Steven Spielberg's daughter. Like, you're rich. You never really even have to work. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do this? Right? And like, there's also um, some information in here that says like she's currently working on getting licensed to become an exotic dancer in Nashville as well. I didn't know you needed a license. <laughs> yeah, that, that part about it, I was like, wait, okay, fair enough. Yeah, right, that's cool. That is some state law bullshit, right? <laughs> if, I, if you're a regulator, you're like, no, 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 it's actually good. It's actually good because then that means that they can start regulating shit and, and making sure that they're getting their just dues instead of just being like, oh, just fucking no, everything uh, under it, the table it, and it's, shit. It's also smart. It's like, oh, oh y'all want to shake that ass? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You gotta get licensed to shake that. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm for that, and they should. You know, we should legalize tax revenue, uh, right there. We should le- legalize prostitution, so we can start regulating that as well. Yeah. So they they can't be you know abused as much as you know, all of it is positive. Now. Drives down crime, drives down drug abuse, so on and so on. But yeah. so getting back to this again, uh, people say, "Oh, you're rich. You're Steven Spielberg's daughter. Why are you doing this?" Um, and I think she laid out the fucking roadmap to give you a direct answer. Yeah. Um, uh, but again, it, it's still interesting, right? So. You know, all reports say that, you know, Steven Spielberg and his wife, um, uh, actress, I forget her name right now. So, yeah, his wife. Is she an an actress? Yeah, his wife. Yeah, Kate Capshaw. Well, it says Steven and his wife of 29 years, actress Kate Capshaw. They're not upset. Um, I guess they're loosely, I'm going to use this word loosely, but it's in the article, even intrigued about like their daughter Michaela's life choices. They support yeah. her fully. Well, well, let me let me give you some background about why I think they used those terms, right? Uh, so, uh, so, uh, and let me just read it before I make comments about it. Um, while Michaela is now excited and positive about the future and her new career, she also spoke out for the first time about her difficult past, in which she uh, says she suffered se- sexual abuse. She says she's been groomed and abused by predators growing up. Although she was keen to point out. Uh, these uh, men were outsiders and not anyone from her family or their uh, circle of friends. Uh, she says that um, she said that that contributed to her suffering years of mental health uh, issues, including anorexia, uh, borderline personality disorder and alcoholism. Uh, she says, I'm very open about my borderline personality disorder, both publicly with friends and online, because we're portrayed as manipulative monsters uh, a lot, which she's not lying like that. <laughs> Anytime you see anybody with, you know, um, a per- borderline personality disorder or just straight up personality disorder in films, they tend to be kind of crazy. But um, uh, but I-, I read all that to say uh, that I think that's why they were telling us like, hey they were clear to point out in the article that her family was responding this way because it's like if you're if you're and this is from my own very limited perspective i'll give that caveat up front but if you're dealing with somebody who has the history of kind of dealing with these uh uh, mental health issues um as well as like this trauma from the past like the last thing you want to do is scare them off when they say hey this is what i want to do now you want to make sure that they're safe you want to make sure that they're protected that they're not going to go down a dangerous path um, and you want to make them aware, like, hey, look, this, these are the things that are going to come with these decisions that you make. Yeah. But 
you don't want to scare them enough so that they never come to you with anything or they, they, don't, they don't feel like they can confide in you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you are looking at this and being like, you know, oh, fuck her, you know, or like, I can't believe she's doing that with her you know, dad's last name um, or anything like that. It's like, yo, you don't know her fucking life. You don't know where she's at, what she like, you know, and, and I think during in, in the article um, with the son, it talks about uh, it talks pretty heavily about how, you know, she's always been made. She feels like she's always been made to feel uncomfortable with her body you know Mm -hmm. and especially being a black woman you know that's like that's a pretty um that's a pretty uh that's a common thing that sort of resurfaces again and again in our in our in our culture um is sort of this um uh black women made to feel that they shouldn't value their own bodies or they shouldn't feel comfortable in their own bodies yeah um and so you know, uh, it, it, the, I think the article kind of tried to paint the picture of um, this is a part of her becoming more comfortable with her body, um, which, uh, you know, just like any other fucking um, red blooded human, she has the she right has to the do. right to do. Yeah. And, and um, I, again, I, t- I think it goes back to a simple, simple idea is that her last name doesn't really define like her life choices and um i think steven spielberg and his wife are smart enough to know that like the wrong thing for them to do in this situation is try and control her decisions and uh to just use you know to guide her to let her try this thing right even if they don't want her to do it they're embarrassed by it you know hey is this the thing you want to do right now okay great we may not agree with you we're going to support you um maybe this will change in time maybe you will decide to pursue this thing um you know you know, go after it 100% with all your heart. Maybe this is exactly what you want to do. And, you know, as long as you're happy and safe and protected, we're fine with it. But again, let's be real here. This is never the, no no one ever wants to hear this. Like, yeah, this is what I want for my child, but well, it, well, it's not so, so your decision to make. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. And I was thinking like, well, you know, like what's the reason behind that? And I think it's, you know, especially if you're talking about doing stuff like porn, I think it's because, you realize you realize sort of like what comes along with that. It's not just about the actual act of doing it, right? And then I think she, it, it also goes on to doing uh, talking about how like she's not actually, and not that it even fucking matters anyways. But like it's not she's not doing actual like intercourse. It's just kind of uh, I think she's doing solo stuff um, because I think she has a she has, she has a like fiance, a fans uh, only page and um, things like that. Well, she, she also she has a fiance that I think she was like oh well like well I don't want to like. Yeah, you know, make him feel you know uncomfortable with that. But besides the point of, that I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is is that um, with with that kind of exposure, even bro, just even expressing ideas through like words, like so. For instance, if I write a screenplay, right, or mm-hmm. if I write uh, if I work on like a news story, something like that, right, like even doing this fucking podcast right here, you're pretty you're putting an expression out into the world for people to you know dissect and talk about and scrutinize you know, and criticize whatever, and whatever you know, maybe yeah and at the end of the day those are just like thoughts right but that's much less than your body you know yeah. like how many of us really feel comfortable with like on camera you know to a to a mass audience to to reveal our bodies that's 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 a different kind of thing you know and and you like that's what i think in in, in the best of intentions like i hope that's what 
the direction people are coming from, which is like, that's tough because now you're revealing yourself to the world. And again, if it's, it's, if it's an empowerment thing, then, you know, a more power to you, you know, but you have to understand that that's going to come with some backlash that people are going to say things that are wild and crazy. And, and you gotta be, you gotta be sort of like, uh, yeah, you know, thick skin. You got to be prepared dealing for it. with that. Yeah, and I think like as a parent, right? That's what like uh, Steven Spielberg and his wife. Um, I think that's what they're most concerned about, right? Like, is my is my child going to be prepared right. emotionally for the criticism, the scrutiny, and the backlash that they may receive from this? That's what you're yeah. really worried about. Yeah. Um. But anyways, uh. So I, I wanted to leave you with this. She says, "I have amazing parents that uh, had their struggles with me. Uh, I've had my fights and my struggles with them, but it's uh, only out of the fear uh, that people sometimes care incorrectly because they want you to be alive and safe." She said, "Um, they are some of the least spiteful people I know. I love them so deeply." Uh, and again, I just wanted to reiterate the 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 quote that she had at the beginning, which is, "My body, my life, my income, my choice." I owe not a single person my autonomy or virtue just because of a name and I'll fucking leave it there. That's a bar. Yeah. That's some heat right there. Yeah. Some heat for your ass. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's let's move on here. Uh let's move forward with um uh with be a lady. Uh which uh it was uh I believe it's just, it's like an ad. Yeah, so this an, an is a yeah. it's a you know, it's a it's a powerful video or an ad. You know, I wish I had more context on like who, who produced it, um, and what it was a powerful piece written well, by it, Camille. It was, it's uh, by the uh, Rainville. Believe, yeah, it's by the magazine Girls, Girls, Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a, a, a magazine. Yeah, uh, that is published for. So it's uh, written by uh, Camille Rainville mm-hmm. um, uh, of uh, the writings of a furious woman, um, and yeah, it was Girls, Girls, Girls. Is the I believe the. The magazine, magazine that yeah. was written for. Yeah. So uh, Cynthia Nixon uh, is the uh, narrator, narrator yeah, and of it's this ad, directed by Paul McLean, um, and and, the, and it was published by Girls, Girls, Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know Cynthia Nixon from Sex in the City. Yeah. Uh, what, what's her character's name in Sex in the City? Miranda, I believe. Miranda, yes, yeah. Miranda. Um, so you know, we know her from there. So you know, it's bringing a very recognizable face to this ad only amplifies the messaging right yeah uh, and the messaging in this ad was powerful um i listened to it like three or four times right just to you know f- try and fully like grasp and understand it right and yeah so true right yeah. in terms of like the things that young women are being told um at such a young age i mean 10 11 12 years old there's they're, they're being told like you know girls wear dresses girls wear pink don't wear that that's too short that's too long that's you know that's that's too tight that's too loose that's too revealing that's not revealing enough boys want to see you look you know sexy right uh you know you know blondes have more fun you know brunettes are taken more seriously like redheads are weird don't don't go red you know like all these different things that young women are told yeah throughout you know, they're adolescents and like they have to grow up with these things, these like body image issues, these um, uh, just these image issues in general. And this yeah. ad highlights all of them and kind of just calling out the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it just uh, uh, it calls out the very sort of double standard hypocritical nature um, that women have to deal with uh, going through life, you know, um, and 
you know, there, there were a couple of things in this uh, particular uh, piece that uh, that she says, but it's not only what she says, but what the images are that are paired with what she says. Uh, they they did a very sort of fantastic job in, in sort of lining all those things up and yeah. showing you sort of the contradictions the at the were, same time. Were just striking. as powerful as the words. Yeah. yeah, they were striking and they were direct. Um, so the, oh. there's one thing that stood out to me. I, I want to let you finish. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Go so ahead, the first time I watched it. I was just listening. Uh, well, the first time I watched it, I was listening, but I was like really paying attention to the visuals, right? I mean, just because it's so glaring. Yeah. Um, uh, and the visuals here are so powerful. Second time I, I watched it, I was listening to like the words, words. right? Like, what is she actually saying, right? Sure. And I was trying to listen to the message. Third time I watched it is when you typically start to like dissect it, right? Like, what do the visuals mean? What do the words mean? Do they all align? Um, and that's when I started to notice. And I noticed this when I went to the Women's March in Washington, D.C. I believe this was like 2017 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and just looking at the women's movement, you know, from a 30,000, you know, feet in the air view. One of the things that stood out here is like the l- lack of diversity. And even in an ad like mm. this, which is meant to empower. Right. Mm. Um the third or fourth time I watched it, I just started to try and count. And I, I believe there are only like seven or eight women of color. Um, in this entire ad, which may feature like 30 to 40 um, like white women, right? Mm-hmm. And in the in the uh, the snapshots that feature um, women, the white women, it's it's like these powerful, bold um, images, right? Or imagery, or or, or, or video, right? And mm-hmm. in the scenes that feature the African American women, it's more about like uh, speaking towards like the, the powerlessness of like certain situations, like, mm. you know, whether it's makeup or like uh, being overweight or something like that. And, and like, it's just, I may have, I may be looking too granularly at it, but one of the things I notice is like, you know, here's another instance in which like, all right, these you know, white women are sh- be sh- being shown to be powerful and smart and educated and strong. And these black women, oh, there, there are a few of few women of color in here, but like, Oh, white women are powerful and strong. I don't think that was the intention of this ad. And I'm not trying to like detract from it, but it's one of the things you just have to notice is like, there's not much diversity in this, in this ad. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, I think that's very true. Um, now that you say that, I my mind honestly didn't go there the first because I only I watched it yesterday. And I watched it about two or three times. Um, uh, one of the things that actually did jump, jump out at me was uh, the part where they show like uh, AOC, um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they have a few images like that that are that that I specifically remember um, from from the uh, from the piece. Um, but I, I know that 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 is an issue whenever. And here's the thing is, is whenever you're talking about um, this, this uh, whenever you're talking about anybody's plight, right? Like any other sort of uh, any group that uh, that historically has been oppressed or has been um, uh, has been underrepresented or, or, or essentially uh told hey you know we want you to be this we want you to be that but also all those things contradict each other and you know it's, it's a bunch of bullshit um you have to be careful or it's an interesting thing to watch people how they navigate that of being careful of telling it only through a particular lens so for instance yeah. you know when we're talking about you know things that uh, have happened to the black community we're generally only talking about the black community right um but when you're 
talking about women well are you talking about white women or are you talking about all women right yeah. like and but it matters what the lens is that we 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 see that through right like so for instance who, who you know and I, I don't know about much about paul um i believe his name is paul mclean who directed this this piece uh but it was written by camille uh, rainville like you like you said before um i i haven't pulled up paul's picture but i i can almost tell you for sure paul's definitely white yeah like you know um and so it matters and i'm sure he had other people assisting him and helping him you know uh yeah there, I, I through this. there was a team of like very like diverse and, and and you know intelligent powerful women here behind this um and again i, I do believe the intent right was is about like women's rights and women's voices and women's um uh, like equal rights for women, all of these things that are very important and really do matter, right? I, I think the execution here, one of the things for me that just stood out was like, you know, imagery is powerful, the messaging is powerful. In order for, and a, a, this is a guy, a man saying, you know, what the women's movement needs to do, right? <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. But like, Diversity needs to be fully embraced, right? If it's going to be about women's rights and women's uh, you know, well, progression, I, but, but it I, needs to be about all women. Well, that, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that is. Well, that that's case. that's what I'm uh, like. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it's like uh, it's different from talking about like specific groups of communities, right? So if you're talking about the Latino uh, community, if you're talking about the Asian community, uh, if you're talking about uh, I don't know the you know if you're, if you're talking about like maybe like the disabled community right like but that's a that's a that's a wide swath of people from yeah. different races from different religions from different backgrounds right but if you're talking about like the black community or like uh if you're even talking about like religion like you know you're, you're talking about the jewish community or you're talking about the muslim community christian community catholic community like whatever right yeah you have to like understand that those things are aren't like specific so if you're telling a story for and you're claiming to represent those people right well you have to tell the story of those people yeah right in their entirety yeah. in their entirety you know uh and so again th this 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 ad while powerful it, it is powerful um that you when you bring that up i'm like yeah, yeah. like that 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 you know that that and, is a good criticism of and, the, and when you look at it from a, another lens a political lens right it's like and you look back at the uh, what was it 2016 elections, yeah. right? I think it was almost 50% of um, like white women in America voted for Trump, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of those women will also, you know, are probably identify themselves as like feminists or you know part of the um, the feminist movement, right? Or women's rights movement. And it's like maybe I don't know. I don't know if that's well, necessary. I mean, I would like to imagine. I would hope, right? You'd hope that maybe. all women are like, hey, we're about forward progression of women right so, but i don't have any numbers but Fair we enough. do know that almost half of women in the united states according to the polls right the, the voting statistics voted for trump sure right so it's like you know if you did vote for trump and you do identify yourself as like a feminist or part of the like the uh, women's rights movements those two things don't directly align and you may be a part of the women's rights movements but you voted for someone who's not who's not you know women's rights is not at the forefront of his uh permission right and certainly not the rights of people of color so it's like you know you, you isolate yourself in a box where it's like it looks like you're really only about white women's rights well i mean that very well might be true but that from their perspective okay 
you know, <laughs> like, I mean, that, but like that, that divides the movement, right? So it's like, you know, um, maybe it, de- it depends on what movement that you know that you're trying to, you know, drive forward. You know, uh, I, I well, think if the women's movements or the women's rights movement, then it's divided, right? If if it's like white women are like, oh, we care about white women, well, just rights, just, and like, then just like just like women any, of color are like, well, no, we no, care about all rights. Just like any other movement, though, it's not a monolith, right? Like it's not. Uh, it's not as if you could say, okay, you're for the women's rights movements, but all women who would consider themselves to be feminists believe the same things. There's so many yeah, different spectrum. True. There's there's such a large spectrum of the different types of feminists that there that there are, you know. Um, and I'm not going to try to sit here and act like I'm a scholar and and list to you exactly yeah. all the different you know. I don't want that heat. That I know of right, but um, but yeah, but just like any other group, you know, or any other any other again people who feel like you know, uh, they've been uh, basically de- dealt a, a bad hand from society. Um, it, it's when you're dealing with certain things, like if you're speaking for that group, you have to be careful with, hey, let me actually like represent that group in its full context and not just a certain swath yeah. of that of that group. So I think that's the major thing that um but 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 again, but aside from that, the actual words that were spoken um were were really powerful, you know, and and and, and I think really impactful and and um you know I think we're gonna talk about a story later that I think might might kind of deal with some some things there's some aspects of this that I that I kind of find funny but like in terms of like just the, the weird the weird like double standard or the weird way people certain view, view certain things but um but yeah uh all in all i think this is a very powerful uh uh video delivers delivers a very powerful message but you know they can clean it up a little bit i think when it comes to uh, what you pointed out which is uh sort of uh, the uh the diverse voices that uh, that feel a little underrepresented in this uh yeah in this piece yeah um, so move, moving forward, we're going to take a, a, a huge shift here, <laughs> hard left, yeah. very different. Well, uh, well, okay. Not so much of a hard left and I'll explain why, but keep going. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, so we received, uh, at least I was scrolling through the interwebs, um, the other day and I came across this little, it was just like, for now it's just hearsay, right? Yeah. It's just rumors, talks. No, no one really knows, but there is some chatter among the common folk like you and I. <laughs> All right. I guess I'm common folk. All right, cool. Among us commoners, yeah. us everyday people, that Henry Cavill is in talks to play Wolverine in the MCU's upcoming Captain Marvel 2 film, right? Uh, so obviously we know that Disney acquired the rights from Fox um, uh, and uh, acquired content right from fox and in, in that content it includes like the uh the x-men uh some x-men characters which obviously then allows for a one wolverine to join the mcu who's a big part of the mcu um and that first introduction may be in captain marvel 2 jesus christ i hope this is true because captain marvel 1 <laughs> pure shit fair enough henry cavill yeah. I think he's a, 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 a from what I've seen from him, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. His work um, as Superman, right in in uh, the DC universe, was stellar. I think 
looking at his, like his stature, his physique, his build, um, what he might be able to bring to this character on screen in terms of like the physicality of of X of uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Um, I think there's a short list of people who can pull that off right now. And I think mm-hmm. he um, he's on that list. Yeah. So if this is true. Just get it done, you know. Sign the papers, like let's let's get this done. I think he'd be a great addition to uh, not just like the the Captain Marvel film, um, but the MCU. Like this character needs to be introduced in a way that makes sense, and this might be it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you opened with the the caveat of hey, these are just rumors. Nobody really knows. Who knows for sure? Um, because I did a little digging, did a little, Ooh. Did a little investigative. Someone signed the papers. Uh, no, no, nobody signed any sort of papers, and I'll explain why. Uh, so th- this article that we're actually referring to specifically, or the article that at least that you posted, yeah, the was, one that uh, like I posted from, which was just like uh, from, ten words, yeah, uh, decoding. <laughs> yeah, it was from decoding. Now I was curious. I was like, you know, usually when I see a story, all right, I, I, I try to see how many sources are actually like, can I like go and find for this thing? Or, yeah, like or or like, yeah, I don't do uh, that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, so decoding uh, is is a site. That uh, and I'll read off um, some of the other articles that I saw on this site. Um, so decoding said uh, they had an article uh, that suggested that uh, the Big Bang Theory is going to be back for 13th season. Now I'm going to read this for you. The Big Bang Theory. This is the this is the title of the article. The Big Bang Theory back with a bang. Season 13 confirmed. Now I'll remind you that the Big Bang Theory had its final season last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. With season twelve, but that was the that was the that was the name of the article. Like you, you still like confirmed. I'm still with you, right? Yeah. Okay. The article reads, however, the director of the show, Mark uh, uh, Sandrowski, uh, has reasserted that the reason for announcing a subsequent season solely depends on the economics. If the economics of the show works great and there's enough fan uh, demand vested in season thirteen, pulling another season sounds like a compelling idea. Now that was the content of the article. Yeah. Now I'll remind you what the, the title's click title exactly yeah. confirmed. So long as so just, everything that needs to happen happens no, no. on time. So the money is there. so that's all bullshit because the the director has distinctly come out and been like, no, everybody does not want to do this yeah. <laughs> this show again. Uh, so like it's bullshit and and but I'm trying to show you like where how I yeah, got to that. There's point. no truth to. Uh, the the Henry Cavill MCU no, no uh, but but I want to this because this is a cautionary tale in because when people uh, especially in this climate of trying to search for oh man who do I support as far as a candidate yeah where am I get my news from this is what happens right you you throw a fucking meme on Facebook and suddenly people think oh that's exactly that's the truth that's a hundred percent the truth and yeah. it's like it's a fucking meme. Why don't you try to do maybe a little yeah. bit about a, a and, and amount of research and find and find the source? It's it's amazing how powerful Google is in like um, just being able to debunk like fact versus myth, right? In fact, I'm going to debunk this very story in a moment. Yeah, Cosmic Book News. Now they're kind of notorious for kind of putting out bullshit, right? Um, but there were another source that was uh, was was indicating this. Now. Um, th- the reason why I said this kind of ties into the the, the previous story that we did uh, about Cynthia Nixon and uh, the Girls Always Girls uh, magazine um, uh, being a lady um, or be a, a lady, they said, 
um, is because uh, Comic Book News put out this headline, uh, Disney losing confidence in Captain Marvel. This was last year that they put this out. Disney losing confidence in Captain Marvel, Brie Larson due to Spider-Man. Now, this is when Spider-Man was doing the whole, you know, where they weren't sure if it was going to be in the MCU yeah. or if it was going to go back to Sony, yada, yada. Um, now, I'll read for you a, a segment of this article that they, they read. They say a YouTuber. Now, this isn't a reporter. YouTuber. This is yes, just a YouTuber. Not a journalist, right. YouTuber. They, they, they cite this YouTuber claims that um, Spider-Man was going to be used as a second banana to Captain Marvel. Now, uh, what that basically means is that she would be, uh, she would basically belittle Spider-Man in order to prop herself up, at least according to this article. Uh, Spidey would have been the butt of her jokes and would have brought much-needed humor to Carol Danvers. It's also said Captain Marvel would have humiliated Spider-Man in order to promote Disney's PC feminist agenda that shows females as being better than males. Now, I ask you. That are, seems heavy. That seems like a weird conversation for yeah. like a studio to have. Like, hey, hey, what are we going to do to make Captain Marvel better? Let's bring Spider-Man in here and let her sh- shit on Spider-Man because we believe in feminism and uh, yeah. uh, making females better than males. That would never fly. That's not a fucking conversation that happens like in reality. Like yeah, if you want to like, say themes of that are, are taken. It'd be like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, Kevin like, Feig has left the meeting. <laughs> 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 You're going to be the only one in that meeting. Hello, is anyone, <laughs> is anyone, anyone there? On, anyone on the call? Um, okay, so that that's comic book, uh, cosmic book news, right? That's the kind of shit that they put out, right? Um, okay, let's go to another source that sources the quartering, mm-hmm. which is a YouTuber. That's that's who Cosmic Book News sourced says was the source for this Wolverine story, right? Yeah. Now I went and I searched. I was like, okay, let me see what this quartering is. It's another YouTuber who yeah. who is reporting on this, right? Now it's weird because he points to an article from this website called the Digital Weekly. That's what he's referencing. So mm-hmm. now we have a reference to the reference to another to the reference. reference, right? Okay, and and strangely enough, uh, Entertainment Weekly Canada also linked to this to this article. So I, I got to go check out this <laughs> Digital Weekly, right? Okay, Digital Weekly had another headline called Westworld Season Three. Has Netflix dropped uh, a release date, trailer, and other details? Now, be it would be a fine headline with one minor issue. I feel like we'd know if Westworld were on Netflix because HBO actually has Westworld. Yeah. So that's a strange headline to still keep up on your website, even though one would assume you look <laughs> over your content. Um, okay. But let me let me let me tell you specifically what this article sources. Now again, this is where everybody is sourcing this news from. I'm going to read to you this, and you explain to me if you would believe this same story. I'm going to give me, and I'm reading verbatim exactly what's there on this article. Sources have claimed that Henry Cavill is in talks to play the role of Wolverine in Brie Larson's Captain Marvel two. It is rumored that Cavill will be introduced as Wolverine at the MCU. At the MCU. Mm. That's literally what it says. Yeah, that, okay. that fucks First it all. First uh, Marvel, since acquiring Fox News, was looking Fox for a News. way to add, or Fox Studios, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Fox Studios was looking for a way to add some X-Men characters into the MCU. Marvel acquired all the rights to X-Men after buying Fox, chomping them a bit to introduce the MCU. Now, clearly there are some things, some grammatical errors, some things happening there that 
Yeah. Should probably That's why be you download you know. Grammarly. <laughs> <laughs> but also another glaring error. If you were reporting on this and you're like, all right, you know, let's get our facts straight here. We value, you know, getting our shit straight. You would know that Marvel didn't purchase Fox Studios. Disney did. Disney, yeah. That's a very easy thing to know. Yeah. But this is the article everybody is sourcing as a source for this rumor. And you know what's funny? So I'm looking at a Forbes article right here. And um, as soon as you search Henry Cavill, the first one thing that pops up is Henry Cavill Wolverine, right? Yes. Um, so this Forbes article says that Henry Cavill as Wolverine in Captain Marvel 2 rumor has the sketchiest source ever. <laughs> so it's funny how this is like uh, taken off and a lot of people have like gone out to, to debunk it. And and there was nothing true about this, right? It was really just talks yeah. on the and, internet, and, right? And, 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 I, and I didn't, and, I, and I'm glad you opened it with the caveat of like hey this might not be true uh we're just you know we're, we're just talking about if the rumors were true um but as i kind of dug deeper into it i was like yo this is so weird that all these places are sourcing this bullshit like article yeah. you know like yeah that's such a weird like ew canada it's entertainment weekly or entertainment that's what it's called right? ew yeah entertainment, entertainment weekly. weekly yep uh uh canada reference which is come on you're fucking entertainment weekly like what yeah. are you doing more of the story here is cite your sources or at least do a little bit more check research your fucking check sources. your sources um know who the fuck you're getting your your information from but here's the conversation that i wanted to have about this right the bigger conversation less sure, sure. about like you know uh, henry cavill whatever um in the up in the mcu right now that disney has the rights to a lot of these characters and we know that there's uh, a MCU expansion coming um, when you look at like you know the Eternals Captain Marvel 2 right um, and a lot of these uh, Thor love and thunder or whatever that's coming down the pipeline yeah um, a character is as important as Wolverine it's about time we have that character I would maybe even love to hear or see some references to Wolverine in um, like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier right because we mm-hmm. know um, Wolverine and Captain America have such a like a they have a long relationship right so how Marvel plans to introduce some of these characters, like a one Wolverine who people really want to see and people want to see who's going to pick up that that role from Hugh Jackman. This is one of those things that has no truth to it, mm-hmm. but very interesting. Yeah, right? uh, I think that's a very um, I think it's a very interesting casting. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I like Henry Cravel, whatever. Henry Cravel will be just as fine as Wolverine as fucking Hugh Jackman was. Hugh Jackman, when he first got cast, nobody fucking thought Hugh yeah. Jackman would have been a great fucking Wolverine. And, but, and in fact, were- at first. He was okay. Yeah. Like uh, the first X-Men movie, he was all right as yeah. Wolverine. It wasn't until like X2 that it was like, okay, this guy's When good. he like beefed up a little, up bit. A little yeah. bit and like he looked more like the character. Yeah. Um, and, and whenever you have a transition like this, right, people are like, Yo, uh, I don't know if Ben Affleck can play Batman. I don't know. But then like, to be honest, I, I, I like Ben Affleck's Batman. And now yeah. we have Robert Pattinson and people are like, uh, I don't know. And eventually he'll be okay too. Like yeah. it's, it's like we, we, like every time we have this fucking stupid game of somebody getting cast and everybody and freaking like, oh, out. We don't know. And if then they the can, movie comes out and you're like, like, oh, oh shit. that's pretty good. Because yeah, <laughs> they're bad, an actor bad. and yeah. they act. <laughs> this is their, their fucking job. job. Uh, but I just think this opens up the conversation to um, like the, the first introduction of any character who has not been uh, a part of the MCU yet. That's that was a part of this acquisition um, uh, by Disney from Fox. I think it has to be. Or at least, in my opinion, it should be Wolverine because people really want to see that. Now, you can't make a movie. You can't make movies and make decisions based off of what fans want to see. <laughs> yeah. But we, we, we really want to see this. 
Yeah, uh, I'd love to see it, and specifically actually in Captain Marvel two. Uh, I know they're going with a different writer and uh, different writers and directors for uh, uh, for Captain Marvel two, and I think that's good because the one thing that I've and you've always kind of versed that you and at the beginning of this piece you even voiced how you hate Captain Marvel, uh, the the movie. Um, but uh, I always distinguish that from Brie Larson. I think I thought. And in and, and Captain Marvel, I can see why people thought, OK, or said that, oh, you know, she plays kind of like a hollow character. It's not really that great. But look, I've seen Brie Larson in too many good you know films where she knocked the fucking role out of the park to discount her now of like, oh, no, she sucks. She's not good. She's a super talented actress. Um, and I but I think it's the script. It's the script and the direction that's given that's going to mean everything uh, uh, everything to the film um, with somebody of her capabilities uh, and then if you throw somebody like Henry Cavill in it look I'm not I mean I I, I don't know if I'm as high on Henry Cavill I, I think I really liked him as Superman yeah. um, but uh, but I don't know if I don't know exactly how that would work uh, in terms of him playing Wolverine in this particular film but I know it'll give it a joke like it'll give it something like, you yeah. know, something that's like, OK, this is different, you know, and I and if you're thinking about adding a Henry Cavill, uh, n- n- even maybe speaking even more just to the Wolverine character, forget if Henry Cavill even plays him. Yeah. Just adding the uh, adding character Wolverine character into too. into Captain Marvel 2. Well, OK, like, what does that look like? Yeah. What are we doing there? What story like, are we, what, what story right are we telling around yeah. this? You know, um, I'm immediately intrigued, you know, uh, which I think far outweighs anything that they were probably previously thinking like back when they had the same writer and director or you know back when they did the original film anything they could get could have conceived of from the original let's just do this shit like uh, <laughs> let's just do this instead yeah. let's <laughs> delete everything control all delete everything let's start fresh yeah uh so not to spend too much time on this but um look i i, I no, no matter what i think uh again i i hold uh unlike some assholes out there i hold brie larson as such a high regard uh and i think she's she's a great person to play captain marvel it's just you have to have somebody who can nurse her talent um, and and be able to get the uh, the the best out of it that they can get, and I think that pairing her up with somebody else in the film, although Samuel Jackson was a, per- a great person to pair, uh, she, she could be paired with. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you give her the right directing, if you give her the right script, I think she can do wonders with it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to see what they cook up with. Uh, and I hope to God that some part of this rumor is true, whether it's just Wolverine in the film or whether it's Henry Cavill uh, as Wolverine in this film. Either way, I'll be satisfied. But again, check your sources, people. Yeah. Uh, is there a release date for like Captain Marvel 2? Do we know? No, nah, I, I, I don't think we're talking about it because right now they're just the next, getting... like two years. Yeah, now probably. they're just, yeah, they're just yeah. cooking up uh, pre-production for cool, it. Cool, so. cool. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's move on here. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, something that just dropped this past week. Uh, let's talk Star Wars, which this is another thing that fans get up their own ass about. Uh, uh, but uh, we just got news, uh, and, I'll, and I'll read directly here from an article from uh, Esquire. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Disney and Lucasfilm's uh, film announced a slew of upcoming novels and comic books set around an ancient time period in the galactic uh, in the galaxy far far away known as the high republic uh, the announcement which did not include any news about upcoming film or uh, tv shows describes a wave of forthcoming media that will take 
place uh, in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are in their zenith, uh, about 200 years before the events, uh, the events of uh, the Star Wars, the Phantom Menace. Um, this is interesting um, because, you know, I feel like with Star Wars, unlike any most other franchises or most other you know properties, um, they seem to go backwards more than they do forwards in time. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. Like it, it always seems like instead of pushing the story forward into like, okay, let's get some new shit in here. It's like, let's just, let's jump back 3000 years. It's almost like, it almost has like kind of like a game of thrones. And I guess because it has such a rich sort of like fanfare around it, where yeah. there's been like a lot of like fan fiction. Um, and there's been a lot of like other storylines and other sort of things that kind of dive into the, 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 the mythos of, um, you know, the Jedi and the Sith and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it just, it feels like we spent a lot of time going, going backwards. Back. Yeah. yeah. And Star Wars has that luxury in being so set so far in the future, you yeah. know, to go back 300 years or 200 years. Right. Yeah. It, you're still within like this futuristic high tech sci-fi realm, yeah. um, which is still going to be really interesting. Um, much like what we talked about, with Transformers, right? You know, we knew Cybertron fell, but we don't know why. So the upcoming war on Cybertron film is going to tell us a little bit of backstory as to like how the war started. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, Star Wars film, the uh, High Republic, is going to tell us a bit more. I, let's we, we've seen the the Jedi Order, you know, battling the uh, you know uh, the was it was it the First Order? What were they uh, in this the last? The, like, the Galactic Empire? The, the Galactic Empire, right? right. And then we've seen them go through that. Right. Somebody's going to jump yeah. in the comments. Somebody's going like, like, you, you fucking you motherfuckers. I fucking, I will unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we've seen the battle between the, uh, the Jedi Order and, and the Galactic Republic or whatever. Yeah. We've seen the Jedi uh, Order almost, or we've seen the Jedi almost fall to the First Order, right? And then yeah. in this most recent movie, we see Emperor Palpatine fall to Rey and now kind of like restores hope in the uh, in the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is going back to show, like, hey, this, let's tell the story about a time when the Jedis were the guardians of... of um, I wanted to say Guardians of the Galaxy, but like <laughs> when, when the Jedi Order... Like when, when there was a peaceful time and the Jedi were... Um, overseeing and watching over the galaxy and um you know what what was happening then when like it was like the first order and the you know the dark side when they were like you know working beneath the scenes and building like what does that story look like and sound like yeah um so i I think it's interesting no i I definitely think it's interesting and i I just yeah i don't know like i I just it it jumped off the page to me that like yeah we're like we feel like we always go back i'm not speaking to like whether they're good stories or not but it feels like we're always going backwards with the star wars franchise but um but i i think that this is going to be interesting i am curious to see what kind of films and tv shows that they come that that are they going to be tied into this era? Is this going to be like a new sort of thing that they're going to start um, that everything sort of ties into to, to each other? I kind of doubt it a little bit. I think they're kind of uh, wanting to go in just whatever direction they want to go with with any Star Wars yeah. uh, project that they work on, especially when you talk about the films and, and shows. And, and plus, that's also hard, to, really hard to coordinate um, together. Um, 
you know, it's, it's different when you have like somebody like who's a uh, Kevin Feige with uh, Marvel, right? Who's kind of like the architect of it all and can kind of navigate everything. And now Kevin Feige is the, uh, I think he's overseeing all of Marvel's operations, both from the comic book level as well as the uh, uh, the MCU. Yeah, it's all under his umbrella um, now. Yeah, so uh, so I think you have to pull somebody in like that who can tie everything together. And if you don't, then it's better to kind of just leave everything separate and kind of let them operate uh, on their own. We all saw kind of how everything kind of fell apart with. Um, DC when they try to build sort of uh, you know the DC universe yeah when they were um, trying to still like DC was trying to tell a cohesive story led by multiple people and it's hard to do that yeah yeah it's really really hard uh, and so you have to have not only just uh, a person you have to have the right person to to be able to sort of tie all that together but uh, but I'm looking forward to see what they yeah. come uh, come up with uh, with uh, the High Republic yeah. uh, one of my favorite video games of all time if not it might be rivaling as my favorite video game of all time was um, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall ever playing game. any Star Wars game. Oh was it better God. than like Goldeneye? <sighs> that, that's hard because Goldeneye is a fucking, come on, that's, <laughs> that, it's Goldeneye. <laughs> it's Goldeneye. Like, I don't know that, and that video game back in the day, well, that was the yeah, shit. Yeah, that shit was the shit. You yeah. had the golden gun. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> um, I don't know if it. I don't know if it's better than Goldeneye, but again, I don't know if anything's fucking better there, than both. There. But it's up there. Uh, I just remember the story was immersive, you know, and it, it came out with two, uh, two, um, two games: uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the first one, and then Knights of the Old Republic Two. I think it was called the uh, something with the Sith, something about Sith, but. Um, they were fucking excellent. I've always wanted like them to come out with like a movie for that. And, and for, I think for years it's been rumored that they, they are going to come out with something for Knights of the Old Republic. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it would be dope if they come up with some shit for that. Um, but then again, that would be going backwards. Cause I think that takes place way before the, the whole, uh, yeah, Skywalker. I'm not gonna keep going back. Yeah, <laughs> but again, it it, it kind of rivals game of Thrones a little bit where game of Thrones, there's like a lot of like rich history there. That's sort of, uh, that that's been made. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so a lot of the stories that we get after the thing that we watch, you got you want to know be, where, yeah. Like, when did this start? Like, where did these things come from? Yeah. Who are the people who like influenced these decisions in the beginning? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on here. Yeah. So another quick um Star Wars reference here. Obviously, oh, with the course. announcement of this new Star Wars saga, so we we've had we have the end of. Uh, uh, the Skywalker saga. We have the beginning of a uh, this new upcoming saga. Um, you know, one can only imagine how George Lucas feels and what he thinks about all of this. Oh yeah. Uh, so the there was a report that came out. I believe it was when the New Hope, a New Hope, was released. Uh, not a New Hope. You mean Force Awakens? Uh, no, no, no. Or the Last Jedi. Was it? It was. I think it was after Last Jedi because I it was from 2019, I believe. The or like 18, 19 or so. This article that you're referring to, yeah. Um. Well, no. Uh, Less the article, more his uh, George Lucas's comments, right? I believe it was on A New Hope was when he commented that he was like disappointed in the film. No, 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 because A New no, Hope, sorry. A was, New Hope was like a yeah, that was yeah, the original my bad, trilogy. My bad. Yeah, no, yeah, it was um, yeah, I, the I, Force guess, I guess it was the Force Awakens. Awakens, but but this was after. I think this was after the Last Jedi and before the Rise of Skywalker, so we're somewhere between. Yeah, I think. I think it was either 18 or 19 is when these comments are from. Yeah. So, um, Oh wait, I, I think I know what you mean. Okay. No, it was when they started and sorry guys, it was like, we don't have our shit together. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it was before it was when they're start starting to think about like kind of revamping the, or not revamping, but, uh, 
going back into the franchise and and when they were talking about you know okay what's our what's the next trilogy going to look like yeah and, uh he he showed it to bob Iger um and kind of showed him the outline of how he saw the and i'm talking about george lucas here showed uh showed them the how he saw the new trilogy going mm-hmm. um and essentially they were like oh man thanks for the notes i appreciate it and then they had to call him back like oh well uh after taking a look at it we like some things we yeah like some things some things about it uh but we're essentially we're gonna change this this is this and, and like basically they just was like yeah we're gonna, like we're gonna keep like thing. a few things and but, then yeah. after the first movie came out of force awakens um george lucas uh the, the first movie in like the third installment of the trilogies the th- Wait, say that one more time. Because there was like the first three movies, and yeah. then there was like the second three movies, and then the most recent three movies, right? Yeah. So the first movie in the third installment of the trilogy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, after that first movie, which was Force Awakens, came out, George Lucas has, you know, he came out and said that he was mostly unimpressed with the movie, right? Yeah. Um, he was disappointed. Uh, he felt like the Star Wars, uh, like this new trilogy didn't really push the boundaries in any particular way didn't deliver anything that hasn't already been delivered there was no new great storytelling he was just underwhelmed yeah um so you have to wonder how george lucas is uh like how he's feeling with the announcement of uh this new saga right so no we don't not gonna well, i think so no we don't you, you, you gotta consider you, you know person, why you know why we don't we care about what stan lee thought about every oh, no, no, 100%, film 100%. up until the up hey, until the you, very you know end. why i don't give a fuck what george and no offense i i, I, I think he's a he's a great filmmaker but uh why don't give a fuck what george lucas thinks of the new 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 trilogy you know how much they fucking paid him to buy lucas films? they didn't pay him like four billies or something like that i don't know if it's four billies but it was i think it's billies <laughs> I think I, I think I, it might have been plural billies, yeah, not I, just I, singular. I'm pretty sure it was like yeah, four billion. Yeah, that combined for Lucas with, films. You know what? That combined with the fact that hey, George, what happened the last time that you had supreme control over this entire franchise and you put out three movies? Everybody universally said it sucked, right? So we got the Phantom Menace, we got uh, um, the uh, the Attack of the Clones, uh, and then we got the the uh, the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, actually, I'm I'm not too terrible Revenge on Revenge of the Sith. Sith. It was, was alright. It was alright. Yeah. It was alright. I don't know if it was. It just wasn't terrible. Like it, it wasn't, wasn't the worst. It wasn't horse shit. It still had a lot of fucking issues it was with it. And it yeah, <laughs> it's cleaned up a little. Bit. Yeah, cleaned up a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, so it's like, bro. Like I don't really okay. Like tight. Like you. Not only did you get a grip for. The uh, and, of the, and, of and the, the number was four point five billion. Come on, I don't want to. I don't want to fucking. I don't want to hear it from you. And that dude. was in two thousand and twelve, uh, and Disney has already made that money back. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the last three Star Wars films have collectively grossed over like four point eight billion. Yeah. So they're already turning a profit. Yeah. So like, look, I, I know this is like an uh, older. So now they definitely don't care what he thinks. <laughs> no, but as as fans, it's like I don't really care at that point. You got you got your money. You sold it. Like you knew. You weren't going to do shit with it, so you sold it, got your check, and handsome check it was. Um, and not only that, but we have the proof of what you would have done. Like, we saw what you could do with it. You yeah. gave, you gave us metachlorians. That's what you gave us. You gave us Jar Jar Binks. That's yeah. what the so fuck you gave us. Here's what... Here's why I think it, it would be interesting to hear his thoughts, right? His comments on on it. Not necessarily because we want him to like rejoin and to re- take back the helm, right? And, and steer the ship in a new direction or, or write this upcoming story. But 
whenever someone's created something and that person, you know, steps away from it, which um, like if you're the CEO of a company, right? Like we would look at Under Armour, right? Kevin Plank started the company, right? 20 years later, it's time for you to get the, step the fuck down, yeah. right? You you can't because you're you're too you, tied you don't to want the to vision. develop a founder syndrome, as they say. Yeah, where, where you can't detach yourself from the thing, right? So I think that's what George Lucas did. He sold Lucas Films. The films were taken in a new direction, and the last three movies that we've got, in my opinion, have been um, uh, have been great. Yeah, right? uh, unless you ask any Star Wars like fan. Hey, hey, shout out to Dan, by the way, uh, my man Dan. Uh, look, and I don't think I'm I'm speaking like a lot less to him. Um, more so than I, I see like some of the shit I see online is just like yo there is nothing they could have done that would have satisfied anybody no and, you know and, what I mean and this is why you don't make movies for like the you know the hardcore fans yeah. right because even if even if I tell you exactly the movie I want you to make and you make it I'm gonna make ah, I wasn't you know maybe you could have did this right like yeah. you're never gonna satisfy everybody so you just have to uh put great people together yeah. make a great film and and you gotta like, kind of give the fans the the thing that they thought they wanted but they got a little bit of something else and yeah and i think we talked about that in our review of uh rise of skywalker but like it, even to add like a little more to that is it's like like come on dude like looking back at the original uh trilogy were they that good no they like, weren't like look look I'm, I'm not gonna lie when it comes to structurally telling a story and things like that things like that make sense in terms of natural progression to a story okay I, I'll, I'll give the leg up to the original trilogy i feel like they did a pretty decent job with building the story letting you know what the emotions were letting you know like how all the main characters sort of related to each other and tied together they built up a lot of the, those like you know the friendship and yada yada did a great job with that with the first trilogy but was it really that better? That much better than the this last trilogy nah, we got? The new yeah. shit we've got now, the most recent trilogy. That's like this is some incredible storytelling, right? Um, I mean, I, I still think there's issues there, but what I'm saying is, is the issues aren't enough for you to be like bitching and moaning at every fucking corner. But I can't believe they did this. Yeah. Look what they did to Kylo Ren. This and that. And it's just like shut the fuck up. Like j- just fucking. This is why you can't be so much of a fan of something that you can't like just let it be yeah like, you know what be I mean? the fan don't yeah. don't don't confuse your fandom with you know being like a part of the creation of the thing yeah right? like you didn't yeah. like you weren't in a gym you shoot didn't no you. work here right <laughs> you didn't know you weren't in the lab you didn't have the pen and the paper no you, you just hit play yeah um but anyway, I, I still think it would be interesting to hear George Lucas's thoughts on this. Uh, I hope he like comments soon. Not that like you know we should uh, weigh it in any particular way, but yeah. it would just be interesting to hear. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you can keep his comments to himself. <laughs> Enjoy his billions. It's fine. Uh, so this leads into a really big announcement. Yeah, we just got it this week. Look, uh, Bob, Bob Iger, who uh, is actually the uh, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, uh, is stepping down effective immediately, uh, according to a report from uh, CNN. Um, Bob Chapik, and they have a thing for Bob's apparently at uh, at Disney, uh, the, uh, the, the board does, but um, Bob Chapik, is the new CEO and the board of directors announced uh, on t- uh, this on Tuesday. Uh, he recently served as a chairman for Disney Parks Experience and Products. Uh, Iger, one of the most um, 
respected CEOs uh, who succeeded uh, Michael Eisner in 2005. Um, during his tenure, Iger oversaw the acquisition of Marvel Studios, Pixar, and Lucasfilms, uh, all of which produced films that shattered box office uh, records. Under his leadership, 21st Century Fox uh, came to uh, came into the Disney fold, resulting in a new um, roster of intellectual property for the nearly 100-year-old company. Um, look, I'm not sure if there's anybody who moved the needle as much. And I don't know how much you can really say it's one person, mm-hmm. but fuck, did he make them cash? Yeah. Under Damn. his leadership, they got the bag. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the, we don't know how everybody internally felt about him, and we don't really know what, what exactly he did in all of these uh acquisitions and part uh acquisitions mostly right yeah. and developments um but oh, god damn a lot happened while he was there yeah especially on the film side but uh you know they, they definitely did a lot of expansion on you know the park side too you know yeah. and uh um it just uh, kind of expanding the brand that was the disney like espn right became a part of uh disney hulu uh is now a part of disney all these things that are just like fuck these are these are power plays you know and yeah you're trying to corner the market yeah i'm um, looking at we, the list here and it's fucking crazy i mean like like you said marvel studios pixar lucas films on the park side in 2019 they unveiled like galaxy's edge yeah um, which is like one of their biggest um, uh, uh, attractions to date. Um, Disney Plus launched under his watch. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is like, and I think maybe that's what he was kind of holding out for to, because apparently this has been in the works for a while, at least according to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like let's finish. Let's, let's finish, launch Disney Plus. Uh, the first, the acquisition of Fox, but then also the launch of Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and then kind of let that be the transitional period for uh, from Bob Iger to. Bob uh, Chaffick. Um, Now, what what comes to Disney? You know, because now they've got all this shit. Well, now they need to do something with it. Look, I I for one think it's, I think it's, uh, I I look at this like I look at the WWE, right, where they just bought their competition, right? WCW was the other biggest game in town, and then they started to suck, so they left the window open for the WWE to come and buy. WCW, right? But as soon as they got rid of WCW, it was just like, I don't know if we should have bought our competitor because they make us better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now they're trying to put us out of like business, you know? Yeah. From a business perspective, it's like, it makes sense. It makes sense to acquire you know? our do competitor. Do I want to buy the competitor yeah. though? Now there's no competition. Now, we, now we're just lazy. Now, now we're now just, we're just you know, yeah. now we're just, now we're just eating at all corners, you know? And, and, and so I look at, Disney buying all this up and I look at it as it's a it's good business wise right for you because now your 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 competitor who used to you know work against you now is working for you you yeah Um, so I get it but also it's going to lead over the course of years it's going to lead to just this weird and especially the fact that it's Disney and they go with the more PG-13 kind of situation you know it's like I don't want to be on my films to be just that like, yeah. you know, and which I, is why I, I respect like what like, you know, companies like Apple TV are doing. Right. We talked about like this project with um, Marshala Ali coming up like they're kind of like, oh, you know, Disney, Disney, oh, they're, they're killing it over there. Look at all that stuff that they're doing. Fantastic. We're happy for them. You know, we're over here. We're doing our we're doing our shit. Right. Yeah. We see their shit. We're not going to try and compete with them. We're just going to win over here. Yeah. 
Because you can't, you're not going to compete with Disney at this point. No, not at this point. Um, um, but this new guy, Bob Chappick, I mean, what a fucking job you have to do. You, yo. Ooh, first, and, what does that first day look yeah, like? And, when, uh, when, when Bob Iger actually leaves and he ugh. doesn't have to come in. Although, I, I think they said he's going to transition Bob Iger. I think he's going to transition. Because he's been with the company for 40 some odd years. Uh, apparently, he's been in the CEO role for about 15 years. But he's been with the company for a minute. So, I don't think yeah. he's actually going anywhere in terms of like just completely exiting. Yeah, he may be on the board still. Well, or well they like said a, he's going to transition to more of a kind of like a creative like. He's going to focus more on the creative side, so I don't, yeah. I don't know exactly like what that means. But Maybe, it's not a, a full departure from the company. Not a full departure, uh, at least not not that I know of. Yeah. So uh, apparently, this announcement came on like a Tuesday afternoon, and a lot of people in the company were just shocked, like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yeah. Like, uh, so that next day had to be like, uh, "Wait, for, first of all, does anybody yeah. know Bob Chapman? Yeah, who is the he? fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw, I saw him in a hallway on a few emails. Yeah, I saw him in a hallway a couple yeah. times. He's kind of a dick. I, you know, I was he in an elevator with him once. He but, took the last of the cookies in yeah. the fucking break room. Um, I don't know about this but guy. You got to come in. Uh, <laughs> that first conference calls. Yeah, yeah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. yeah. Bob has joined the call. Yeah. You just got to go. Hey guys, thank you everybody for joining the meeting. We're gonna go ahead and just uh, get this started. Right? It, do you do you enter the nickname then? Because you you what, got Bob? Bob Iger and then you got Bob Chappie. You got to differentiate yourself somehow. You gotta mm. we, we gotta have a diversification of brand here. We gotta. <laughs> or it's like listen, you you've known your boss is Bob for quite a while. Yeah. Your your Bob is your boss is still Bob. Just you know. Nah, just nah. Continue to think of Bob you, as your boss. Nah, because you can't come in and be like, um, you can't treat me the same that you do Bob Iger. Because I'm like, bro, like I'm I'm the new boss in town. Like we do shit different now, and you can't be like, this is how the old Bob used but to do. But you can't it. come in with uh, you guys can call me BC or call me Robert. <laughs> You know, yeah. What? What do? But do you on the first conference call? Do you come in with a new nickname, or do you just hold it until like, okay, let me make sure I got people comfortable? No, nah, on the first call, the, this big yeah. business. Let them know okay. you're about business. All then right. I, you know, first call, all action. This call, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna kick off the you, meeting. You Marshawn Lynch, it. With, with all about joke. that action. Yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna tell a joke here. There's yeah. gonna be some light humor here. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be uh, that's got to be a, a tough task to say the very least. But uh, hey, look, give you the the the, the key uh, the keys to the literal kingdom. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hey, good luck, uh, Bob Chappick. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, got a lot of work to do. Yeah, but he's also going to get paid a shit ton for it. So hey, Godspeed. Um, all right. Um, let's let's move forward here. Uh, we have got a very very fucking special uh, situation going on right now. Big situation. Uh, we're, 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 we're gonna we're gonna start these uh, new more specific segments. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Spotlight. Let's 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 cut out the delay. <laughs> Three seconds. <laughs> yes, just edit that let's out. Let's try it one more uh, time. Though. <laughs> hey, welcome to Spotlight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Brand new segment that we are going to be introducing. We've spoken about this before. We have finally arrived. We are here at the destination spotlight. This is going to be a segment uh, uh, that we're going to feature throughout um, this, this podcast that is going to do just that and spotlight certain, whether it's things like uh, you know, production companies, movie studios. Um, sometimes we may even talk about like the equipment that goes into filming. And you know, we, we can do a, we're going to do spotlights on anything and everything. The purpose of this is to uh, really 
narrow in on on one thing and, and really talk very carefully and specifically about that thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, just kind of, it's going to be like a learning conversation. Yeah, right. Both for us as well as the audience. Because yeah. uh, look, just you know, we're not a fucking experts on a goddamn thing, so yeah. <laughs> we're learning as much as uh, everybody else uh, would be. Uh, you know, if they don't know anything about what we're talking about. But tonight, uh, or this afternoon, I guess, um, we've got a very, very special. Even though I think we've already kind of done something similar to this in the mm-hmm. past when we talked about uh, this particular uh, company. But uh, fuck it, you know. Um, let's it, let's dive let's back in. Yeah. Let's go a little bit deeper this time. Let's do it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing a spotlight on my. My favorite personal favorite uh production company right now a 20 fucking four uh i mean what a fuck if you if you don't know a 24 by now um well you're uh, about to <laughs> i don't know what you've been doing uh, you know their name is you know been if you if you watch tv if you watch any just award show over the past like year well i think a lot of people knew them from that whole moonlight uh, La La Land Ex fiasco, Machina. Well, I mean, uh, well, that I'm whole about, like, that whole that they they produce the, the movies they produce, but I think that whole fiasco was like it was in the papers for like weeks yeah. uh, about this whole crazy thing at the Oscars where you know they they got the uh, the 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 movie wrong. Uh, poor Warren ba- wasn't Warren Beatty and like I forget who the woman was, but they were like looking at each other like. Uh, what do we say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, let, let's jump right into the shit. Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's go to the beginning, right? Let's rewind a little bit to August twentieth, two thousand and twelve. August twentieth, interestingly enough, is my birthday, right? So two thousand twelve. I don't know what I was doing. Let's see how, how old was I? Uh, I don't fucking know. I was. I was it was my birthday. Right. I was doing something, and that was a road nowhere. <laughs> it's just a. It's just a incredible day in human history. August twentieth. Okay. Um. So during this on this day in 2012, Daniel Katz, David Henkel, and John Hodges, uh, out of New York City, had formed what would become known as A24. Originally, it was known as A24 Films. Yeah. Um. Uh, so this is A24 Films. You know, it's a. Uh, it, it, it essentially specializes in film distribution, film, and like television production, right? That's yeah. what this company was founded as. Yeah. Um, so look, let's let's just go through kind of the founders real quick. So we've got Daniel Katz, uh, who look, uh, I was just somewhere today, and we were, we happened to get into uh, everybody's got a guy, I got a guy, you know. Hey, I got a guy. You know, what, what do you need? Uh, you know, tires rotate. I got a guy. I got yeah. a tire guy. You know. Um, maybe we'll upgrade that now for 2020 to be. I got a person, you know. I got a person. I got a person to handle that. You know, uh, yeah. it doesn't have <laughs> it doesn't the have same the same thing. Allure. <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody says, hey, "I've got a person who can do that for you." No, nah, yeah. go to <laughs> take it to the dealership. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pay full price. <laughs> oh, you fucking yeah. person. Uh, but uh, look, we got a person. All right, you got a person. So, so Daniel Katz just happens to be the money person. Uh, you know, for for a twenty four because of his background in um, film financing. So he worked for a group. Uh, uh, called uh, uh, Guggenheim Partners. Uh, he was the head of the finance uh, or film finance group uh, there. Now they do a whole lot of other shit. Uh, in fact, the other shit that they do is actually like the main shit that they do. And mm-hmm. and you know, film finance I think is just kind of a really really small Let's get part. This movie money, yeah, uh, of what they do. Um, but they're essentially you know like a a, a finance group. Um, and uh, he also worked for Think Film, which uh, was an art, art house distribution company that was founded uh, in uh, 2001. Uh, but, you know, um, grand opening, grand closing, because it, <laughs> uh, it filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2010. Um, 
but uh, but there is where he came into contact with, uh, or at least that he kind of solidified a relationship with uh, David Finkel, mm-hmm. uh, who is uh, the one of the uh, the one of the other three uh, founders of uh, A24. Uh, so David Finkel, he worked for Think Film, where again he worked with uh, Daniel Katz there, uh, and then he also worked for a, a, a company called um, Oscil Oscope. I'm going to get that wrong because I'm stupid, but Oscilocope, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, and he was the uh, the president as well as a, a partner uh, in, and, and Oscilocope is um, an independent film company um, and distributor. Uh, oddly enough, they, they were behind uh, the uh, 12 o'clock boys. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so they helped uh, create that film as well as uh, another film that you, you probably don't know, but, uh, but, uh, but I, I think is, um, and it's because of the one of the songs on the soundtrack I, I uh, am obsessed with, but uh, a movie called Hello, I Must Be Going. Um, and then we have the third uh, founder of A24, which is John. And I, and I think David Finkel, he's more of the film side of it, more maybe of the creative side. I might be getting that wrong. I don't know these gentlemen personally. Um, and this gentleman right here is David Finkel. The, the other gentleman we just saw is uh, Daniel Katz. Uh, this third gentleman... Uh, that is John Hodges, uh, who, uh, he, uh, he was the head or yeah, head of production and development at, a uh, uh, a company called, uh, big beach films. Um, and, uh, and then after he, he kind of left uh, big beach or I guess maybe during kind of his time there, he, uh, executive produced, uh, films such as like our idiot brother with, um, uh, who's the guy who never ages. Uh, uh, fucking Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Um, as well as uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, which is actually a great film. Uh, and and this this was from the yeah, the Douglas Brothers. Um. Uh. So uh, one note here about John Hodges. So he, um. So again, he was part of the uh, the team at A twenty four that founded. Yeah. Originally, he has since left. So he's yeah. now he's been I tapped think back as, in like twenty eighteen. I think. Uh, yeah, I think uh, 2019 actually. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Um, so he has since left A24. He's now yeah. the like head of uh, like the new film division over at uh, Jax Media. Mm. So I think he does like all new film projects. Maybe going to some like television expansion work. as Jax well. Media. So, that's uh, that's like where they do all those weird like uh, it's like where they do like marketing and shit, right? To be honest, I, I I wasn't too familiar with Jax Media. Yeah, I could have sworn that that was where they have all those like uh, the same people who are behind. Who are the people who are behind the Fire Festival? The the marketing team behind that. Um, fuck, I knew you were talking about, but they weren't. I don't think they were behind the Fire um Fire Festival. The joint with General? no Jax Media. I'm saying that's like their parent company. That whatever group that that whatever company that that was, I think is a part of Jax Media. Mm, okay, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Um, all right, let's let's move forward here. Um, so, uh, Katz, Fankel, and Hodges, uh, prior to 804, worked in film production, uh, before leaving, uh, to eventually co-found the company, um, which, uh, originally, 824 specialized in basically just distribution of films. Like, so yep. for those who aren't familiar with the process, um, you have, uh, basically your financers of films, and then you have your distributor for films, especially when you call, uh, talk about, like, production companies. And then you have production companies that are, that are responsible for kind of, like, doing both which yep. essentially is what a24 is now but originally they started out as basically just uh distributing films 
So uh, they did that with uh, their first film in 2013, which was a glimpse uh, inside the mind of Charles uh, Swan the uh, third. And then the, but they didn't really pop off. They didn't even spark off until uh, they had spring breakers. Harmony, yeah. Corinne's um, spring breakers, which uh, starred Dave Franco, or Dave, James, Dave, Franco, James Franco, Vanessa, uh, Vanessa uh, Selena Hudgens. Gomez. And yes. I, I believe like a Gucci man made an appearance. Yeah. Gucci, Gucci was in the film. Um, and he wasn't too bad. No, nah. it wasn't terrible. Nah. Yeah. Um, but it was a weird fucking film, but it, it kind of, and I, and I never watched a glimpse, uh, inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third, never watched it, but I did watch spring breakers, weird fucking film, kind of the right film to kind of start off the, yeah. <laughs> the whole weird yeah. a 24 vibe. You make a wild, crazy film. Did, did, have, like, you, have you watched it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Spring Drugs weird and fucking sex movies. and just like, you know, it, it's it, and it, with the cast that it had in it. Like, it's just yeah. going to get your attention right it may not be yeah. great and when it i don't think it won any awards right but it's like yeah this no. movie was interesting Nor like, it. it was look, not it was not an award yeah. type of film like, look at this interesting <laughs> cast and this interesting yeah. movie then you start asking like who produced this movie then you're just like okay well who are these guys over at a24 even so i don't even think anybody even back then was really asking like who's this a24 really i think that it's it's their body of work that kind of has made everybody sort of like holy shit like this is a, like a you know it's it's everything collected that you're just like holy shit look at this roster of films yeah. right so look uh they became better known after picking up um uh the rights to uh to ex machina, ex machina uh, and room uh room who, which stars brie larson mm-hmm. who and again if you need to like if there's any question about her acting abilities check room out says everything you need to know yeah. about her and i think she would go on to win best actress yeah for her role in room yeah, uh, and uh, and also worldwide rights to uh, the witch, um, uh, which you know uh, they've grown so much since then um, with their their roster of movies. Um, so moving on here, uh, in May 2015, A twenty four announced that it would start a, a, a television division uh, and began producing the USA Network series Playing House. Uh, as well as working uh, to develop a TV series that would uh, would later become Comrade Detective, uh, which was produced by Channing Tatum, and I think it was actually I think it was starring Channing Tatum as well. I, I never actually watched it, so I, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, that com- one caught me off guard. Is that um uh, I, I didn't know honestly I didn't really know much about that project but I didn't yeah. know it was being I heard about it all, uh, yeah I heard about it a, a, a long time ago uh, but I never really followed up to uh, to see what it was all about uh, but it it's on Amazon Prime if I'm not mistaken um, the company also announced that uh, they would also fa- uh, finance and develop pilots now look I, I just wanted to do some of, some of the notable shows that uh, that that um, uh, A24 has been a part of uh, the Carmichael show. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers that. And it's such a fucking shame that the show was canceled. I think it was on NBC. I want to say the Carmichael show was on. It was either NBC or CBS. It was one of those two. I believe it was NBC. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so uh, Gerard uh, Carmich- uh, Carmichael um, who's a comedian? Yep. Uh, NBC, it, it was a it was a great show, funny show. Uh, I think that's where I first came into contact with uh, Rel, right? Lorel. Uh, Lorel was on there. I believe, um, but uh, but I just thought it was just this great show that was quirky. It was weird. It was it was not from the perspective that you would normally look at as you know a comedy actor and be like, all right, or you know somebody who's a comic who like it was. Just, it just had a. 
different vibe to it. Anyways, yeah. um, you had two dope queens, which mm-hmm. uh, one half of that is um, Jessica Williams yep. um, and Phoebe formerly, Robinson. Yeah, formerly a part of the uh, uh, the Daily Show, mm-hmm. uh, both with Trevor Noah as well as uh, going all the way back to um, uh, uh, John Stewart. Yep, and this is like a podcast on HBO. Um, so this is yeah. after they, they, I think it was around 2015, 16 that they had announced certain partnerships with like Amazon Prime, HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, that's when they were starting to build their like television distribution um, uh, brand or brand division, branch. right? Um, and then also they had uh, Pod Save America, which uh, which is a podcast uh, done by some uh, former uh, Obama staffers. Um, now they only did four episodes of that. I think uh, for HBO. Um, that uh, that aired back in uh, 2018 during the uh, the midterm elections, um, but they uh, they more recently uh, produced uh, Rami, which uh, which is a show on Hulu. Unless I'm no, or is it Amazon Prime? Rami is on uh, Amazon Prime. Hulu. Nope, you're correct. Is that Hulu? Yep. Okay, uh, I gotta trust myself more. Um, <laughs> which is on uh, American was, comedy drama. Yeah, which would uh, it, it stars the uh, the comic Rami Youssef, um, and. I watched a few episodes of it. It was fucking dope. It's from this different perspective. It's, it's about uh, you know this uh, this dude who he's like you know this young Muslim dude, an American, um, an American but Muslim, right? No, he's like well, he was born I think in America, but yeah, but he's Muslim. But he's yeah. Muslim. Yeah. His, his family and I, I don't know exactly where his family's from. They either Iran and Iraq, uh, somewhere. That's essentially where his family's from, um, somewhere in the Middle East. Um, so uh, and I didn't mean to be offensive if I if anybody f- found that offensive. I, just, I don't know <laughs> I specifically. Found where that his, offensive. <laughs> I don't know specifically where his family's from. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So so they they start this this whole thing with their uh, their TV division to kind of show like that they've got much more than just their film division. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I think around this time is when they start switching from just being distributors to actually being financiers of films. So, mm-hmm. um, so one of the films, and I'm gonna kind of jump around in my notes here, but one of the, the the first film that they ever actually took a chance on was a film that nobody could have expected to to send to the heights that it did. But it was Moonlight. Uh, so Moonlight was the first uh, movie A24 finance on its own, making uh, marking the company's transition from indie distributor to full fledged art house studio um uh barry jenkins um uh he isn't clear on why they chose his film you know and and you know from cer- certain comments that they've made it just like they just identified with the script you know yeah uh and he even goes on to say that they were kind of they're like ninjas man um this is a literal um uh, quote from they're like ninjas man uh, they just read everything, um, but he knew it was important to find a backer that would allow him to stay true to the story, which drew from his upbringing and from a semi-autobiographical play uh, by uh, Terrell Alvin uh, McCartney. Yeah, um, and that just goes into the fact that um, I think people at A24 are very smart in like the projects that they choose, right? And you choose these projects not necessarily based off of like the thing, but the people who are behind the thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you could have a great thing, but if there aren't... If the people behind it don't have uh, the right vision and the work ethic and and you know, the resilience to see that thing come to life. It's never going to work, right? No, absolutely. Uh, uh, and that's what they did here with Moonlight, right? There was a great, it was a really, really good idea, really good script. There was a person behind it who can bring it to life and A24 invested in that person. And look, you can't really 
you can't really be mad at yourself because they fucking they went they fucked around on one best picture yeah. off of that. You know, that's yeah. a come up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it just speaks to their vision of uh, and look, I think this next thing that I'm going to read illustrates exactly why I find them to be just the dopest. Right. Yeah. So before you go into that, I think we skipped over one thing which is like significant in their history. Right. Sure. So um, when uh, when it was founded, it was founded as a 24 films in 2016 is when they uh, made the transition to just going as a 24 yeah, I think equivalent they, of uh going know, from fa- the Facebook, Facebook to, to Facebook, Facebook right yeah, yeah. And, and like it, it's subtle small very small change but, it but like it affects everything amplifies your branding so much well, like a 24 is just so much cleaner I'm glad that you kind of alluded to the, the the branding and the marketing because this is why I think in a nutshell why I find them to be so distinct than anybody else right now in the game right so um and this is a from for the uh uh Wall Street Journal. A24 has uh, proved adept at not just uh, picking movies, but packaging them, setting up uh, attention grabbing campaigns that feel true to the material rather than gimmicky feints. In 2015, uh, or at the 2015 South by Southwest premiere of Ex Machina, A24 created a fake Tinder profile for the film's robot star played by Alicia uh, Vikander. Uh, who popped up in local swipe results asking users uh, algorithm algorithmically generated questions about love before pointing towards uh, the movie. Uh, An ingenious ploy that underscored A24's more bang for the buck mentality to hawking its films. A lot of sense of the movie issues in Hollywood have to do with trying to manufacture culture, uh, uh, something cultural says, uh, Fankel buying billboards and big TV spots and forcing a movie down someone, uh, people's throats. He cites a 24's promotion for the witch during which the company created a cryptic, um, a cryptic social media presence for the film's ominous goat, Black Phillip, who plays a small uh, but crucial role in the film. Uh, if we build a campaign around a cool, interactive goat uh, who creeps out, uh, who creeps you out on uh, on its own <laughs> website uh, and on uh, Twitter, uh, saying things uh, that go uh viral it becomes culturally or uh, culturally organic yeah, it grows and within that's, itself th- that's that's it that's that's yeah. the game the, the game isn't to the game isn't to just do the same old shit of putting up billboards buying tv spots doing this doing that that's 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 the land that everybody lives in right now and i'm not saying that there's not a place for it there certainly is as we're seeing with the election and Mike Bloomberg and these goddamn uh, uh, ads and he's buying, right? um, that there's some, you know, uh, there's some, there's something to it that they work right. But the place that we live in right now is who can like. That's why Fire Festival. That's why it worked. That's how they do they those fucking people yeah. to come to this fucking island and they had didn't have a goddamn thing because they had a fucking orange tile. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, and that color just branded the entire festival. And it's like when people saw that color, they associated it with that festival, and it, it became a thing in and of itself. And that's so that's the world they, we fucking yeah, live in. What they did with um, the Tinder profile and Ex Machina, um, brilliant, right? Because it's that's like right, genius. What, what are people doing? Like, I can show you a commercial. Yeah, right? I can get a billboard. I can do some print. Or like, I can have you interacting with this, this, this shit this in a thing weird is cool fucking right way. Now. Let's yeah. make a Tinder profile for one of the stars in the film, and it and it interact. folds and it folds into the thing itself. It's not. It's organic to the yeah. thing, right? So that's something that's like 
that's something that could be plucked directly. Like, so for instance, for those who haven't watched X Machina, sorry for this, but for those uh, where she gets out and she she she's traveling, mm-hmm. that could be a fucking scene at the end of the the movie is her hitting up Tinder, like, hey, yeah, <laughs> you know, and like, so it's just like that's fucking genius. And if you don't have a lot of money, which you know, a twenty four is a really small or maybe not now not so small but um but back then speaking specifically about back then um this small production company or at that time distributor um you're thinking how can i make the most with so little you can't buy a super bowl ad at that point in time right you have to be like impactful in your marketing and in the way you reach people you have to grow your brand organically right yeah Uh, and then once the brand grows you could do some of the more traditional marketing but you have to you have to find a lane that no one's really driving in and and take that lane yeah that's what they did yeah that that, that's what they did and and it's it's fucking it's it's amazing that they have the forethought uh and the vision um to do that um so i'm gonna you know, uh, a, a part of this uh, that I wanted to do was um, what, what is just kind of go through like why I fell in love with uh, A24. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm just going to run through a list of my favorite films that I watched from them. Uh, so starting with uh, The Spectacular Now with Miles Teller and um, uh, God, now I'm going to forget her name. She's in Big Little Lies. Yep, don't know. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> she she played. Um, what's the other? Not Hunger Games. What, what's the other one? The Insurgent or whatever. What's it called? Oh, uh, Divergent. Yes. It's, fuck. I know. I know exactly. Damn. What you're talking I, about. I forget it. Anyways, uh, th- they were in the film, um, the spectacular now, and it's just this like coming of age story uh, about two. Shaylee Woodley. Shaylene, Shaylene Woodley. Woodley. Yes, uh, fantastic uh, actress. Um, and uh, her and Miles, Miles Teller, they, they 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 knocked it out of the park. Great film, great story, um, and and great you know it was executed in such a great way. And also too, it felt like a quiet story. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like this big thing that like you know is meant to be like oh my god, this is you know I can't believe this is a crazy thing. You know, but like it, it was just a quiet story. You know, uh, that was told and it was done in such an artful way. Um, the next is Enemy with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, fucking weird fantastic film about like how like um jake gyllenhaal plays this guy who essentially like he finds um like he he finds somebody who looks like him and he just starts following him Mm -hmm. and then he gets wrapped up into this weird like conspiracy kind of it's just a weird fucking movie and it ends in a really weird way but i was fucking in it and it's uh denise uh villeneuve who's who's gonna be you know he came out with um uh blade runner 2049 um also he directed uh arrival uh he was the director of that film and it was like my first introduction to him and i thought it was a fucking incredible film it was, it was, it was great um ex machina there's i mean what are you gonna fucking say the film's fucking brilliant it's yeah. a, a brilliant film from alex garland um uh, uh uh oscar isaac gives a fucking mesmerizing performance in it um and to have again be a company and at that point they're distributors right so they're just look these are films that other people are passing up on and i i just don't how do you how do you pass how do you have shit like, like the this? foresight to to like be able to see a film like ex machina and say oh you know what that or has something how, about this or room or how like american you, honey how do you watch this 
and not think it's something that you should buy, right? So yeah. if you're one of the studios, how the fuck do you think this is something that you should invest in? This yeah. is crazy. Um, okay, and then I have Room. Again, Brie Larson gives a fucking incredible performance in it. Um, and and so does the kid, uh, Jake Tremblay, I believe his name, name is. Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay. Yep. Yeah, um, they, they both give great performances, and it's great story, too. Or, yeah, I'm, tough story but um but it was told in a great way i think uh you have the lobster which is a fucking it's a weird fucking movie the lobster is a strange strange film with um colin farrell in it um but it's it's weird and it's great at the same time um swiss army man we've talked about it we talked about it last week uh again weird fucking movie about a fucking corpse that farts and somehow at the end of the movie, you're like clapping. <laughs> like it's a, it's a weird fucking course of events that happened. Um, again, without, you know, uh, one best picture, Moonlight. Uh, there's not enough you can say about the movie. Uh, Barry Jenkins uh, uh, gave a, uh, a just a, such a thoughtful fucking film. And it was done in such a stylistic way. Um, and, it, it you know, it it's crazy that, that that's the first film that they thought let's take a chance and finance that you know yeah. um, because there's so many you know other studios and production companies that would not take the chance on that film because of the subject matter yeah and because it was told by a black man like look i'm not looking at these receipts and thinking people exactly watch this film, like you know? it, it felt like a risk right for a lot of other studios but a24 had like the forethought to say hey, this risk is worth taking and then i mean you know, it paid off it paid in the off, most right? major of ways, um, and, and, it, and it's a beautiful fucking film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it should be appreciated. Uh, my next film is 20th Century Woman. I've been one, I wanted to watch the movie for a while. Missed it when it came out in theaters, but I just kept seeing the commercials or uh, the the trailers for it, and I just kept thinking like, there's something different about this film. And um, uh, again, and I'm gonna forget her name, but it was the first time I think I ever saw uh, Timothy Chalamet. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. um, he's in this woman. Uh, he's in this. Uh, film, but also um, uh, one of my favorite actresses, as well as uh, you know, uh, directors right now is uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, she's in this film as well, and she gives a great performance uh, in, in the film. Great movie. Can't can't say enough good things about it. Uh, a ghost story. Um, we're going to talk about some of the forthcoming movies from um, from A twenty four, but a ghost story to me is is really quiet, weird fucking movie with Rooney Mara and. Um, uh, Casey Affleck, uh, again, quiet, weird, but still just great, uh, great movie, uh, about this couple who they move into this, uh, this house, um, and the house has like a history with it and it, it like might be haunted. Like it's just like a weird fucking story. Um, as well as I love the soundtrack from that, that, that film as well. Uh, then you have the Florida project with, uh, oh God, now is Will, Willem uh, Dafoe. Uh, is yes, the, the Florida Project does yep. have William Defoe in it. Um, wait, no, is that the Florida Project? I'm pretty sure it's, a, it's well, uh, yes, Willem okay, Defoe. where he plays the um, uh, he plays like the the person managing the um, the hotel, the is it's like a hotel or motel yeah. or something. I don't know. Uh, interesting, uh, I learned that he had like went and lived there like for like two weeks before starting film, just like immerse himself like in that like uh, that environment, right? Yeah. Which, um, you know, for someone very like rich and wealthy like him to say hey i'm gonna leave all of my comforts i'm gonna go live like literally live in this place um to 
better understand it before we start filming. Like I, I respect the little stories like that that actors go through or actors and actresses go through to um, find the character. Yeah, um, and and I what I love about it is uh, so Sean Baker directed the film, uh, and what I love about A twenty four is I feel like they believe in their the creators. Mm-hmm. They believe in them. They put their faith in them. And they say go do your thing, right? Because Sean Baker he made Tangerine, and and what's unique about Tangerine is that uh, he made it uh, with an iPhone. Um, and, uh, and, but he's well accomplished and experienced director. You know, I think he was just trying to push limits of like what he, what he could do. Um, but, uh, tan- Tangerine was a great film, but then to follow that up with, uh, the Florida project, mm-hmm. which again was like this kind of like, it's just like a weird story that, um, that it felt pretty personal, um, to, uh, uh, to Sean Baker. I don't, I don't know if it is, I don't know if it has anything to do with his life or not, but it, it felt personal. Um, and, but for them to give him the freedom to just, Hey, we saw your work already. Yeah. We, 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 we know we love your shit. We've read the screenplay. We just trust go do you. Your, just you know, go do go your be thing. a creator. Yeah. Um, Lady Bird, uh, again, Greta Gerwig. Um, she, she directed her first film that she directed, uh, with, um, uh, you, you remind me of the actress's uh, name. What's her name? Um, it's, uh, Saris Ronin or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I feel like Sar- I Sar- 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 Ronin. Ronin. Yeah. Um, great fucking film. Again, coming of age story uh, told in this very sort of stark and, and weird way. And it's kind of set in the, the 90s and it, it reminds you of the 90s. It reminded me of a lot of uh, uh, Daria. Uh, okay. With yeah, the way yeah. she sort of portrayed uh, with the way uh, Saris. And it was Which Daria's based coming on, back, I think. Oh God, I hope not. Yeah, they just need I to leave so. that. Ge- they need to leave that gem alone. I forget uh, who's who's uh, revamping it, um, but I feel like it, I feel like it might be like Netflix or something like that. Ugh, all right, that <laughs> uh, might be rough. I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I'm going to give you a short list of mines here, uh, yeah. just because I think I found A24 a little bit later on in the game than sure. you did. Uh, so the first movie I found by A24 that I really loved was Lock. So this is a mm-hmm. movie with Tom Hardy, um, where he played a okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, he played like a the site manager for uh, like a commercial construction company, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie really just takes place like in the car, it's just him on a very long drive to London, where um, he is. Uh, going to be present at like, the birth of his his I think his son um, with a woman that he had a, essentially a one night stand with right and now yeah. he's a married man so you know you've got this four hour drive ahead of you to the birth of your child uh, you you're dealing with that like getting there being present there and also uh, telling your wife that hey listen. Um, I've got a kid on the way. Uh, clearly, it's not with you. You're not pregnant. It was I uh, had this one night stand thing that happened, and uh, here we are. Could you Im- that four hour ride is the longest car drive <laughs> ever. Like so yeah. he's going through all these. He's trying to balance work, personal life, his marriage crumbling, you know, a child on the way. Um, and I feel like it's it was for me. It was just like a really real uh, experience where we've all had that one long solo car ride right and yeah. this is just like a an examination of one person's moment yeah. uh, so uh lock for me was phenomenal it, it was later on where that i found um ex machina and yeah. then i would eventually go on to find um uh uh, uh, uh what is it fucking moonlight <laughs> all right uh, and then from there i was kind of just sold like a lot of the more recent projects a24 is done we've got ladybird um some of these i haven't seen some of the upcoming ones the green uh green night we'll, we'll talk about that in a second the, the eighth grade movie. um was eighth grade we saw it's on my list too it's a fantastic yeah. movie um, um 
yeah, I mean, it's just a slew of stellar projects that yeah. uh, they've both produced that I've seen, and then some of the upcoming ones. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first, uh, and let me mention, uh, first reformed, great movie. Although I, I don't think it was as much as it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but it was still great nonetheless. Uh, Hereditary. Uh, Ari Aster uh, has been uh, he a star is born uh, with with Ari Aster uh, when he came out with Hereditary because he, he then followed that up with Midsummer. Yeah. Um, which uh, which was the last I think that was the last A twenty four film I've watched. Um, although I do want to watch um, uh, Adam um, Adam Sandler in. Uh, uh, uncut, uh, gems. uncut, uncut uh, I also gems. want to see uh, the lighthouse. Yes, yes, I want to see both of those. Yes, crazy. basically everything, everything yeah. that they do, I want to see. <laughs> I just haven't gotten a chance to yet. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some of the upcoming movies that they've got. Uh, what can we look forward to from a twenty four? One of the just a couple, few of the ones that I jotted down. Um, we've got the Green Knight, uh, which we talked about. Uh, the trailer just dropped not too long ago. Um, it's da- uh, directed by David Lowry, who again he he directed. Um, uh, a ghost story, which I absolutely adore that film. Um, and it stars Dev Patel and is due out May 29th uh, of this year. Yep. Um, one that I didn't even see coming, um, but uh, but apparently has been in the works for a while. Macbeth. We're getting a, a, our ten thousandth Macbeth movie, which is the uh, of course based off of the uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare play. Yeah, play. Um, but this is being directed by just Joel Cohen. So if you are familiar with uh, the Cohen brothers, mm-hmm. um, uh, they're two brothers who uh, I think it's Jeff and Joel. I don't know. I, I forget the other one's name, but. Um, but Joel, this is being directed by just Joel Cohn. But one of the interesting things, it's got Francis McDermott, who's playing Lady Macbeth, I believe. But then guess who's playing Macbeth? Who? The man himself, Denzel. Word. Word. Okay. Word. <laughs> um, and so I didn't even see that on on the list. Yeah, coming projects. Yeah. Um. So this is uh this is being filmed. Uh. Actually, it it start production last month or this month because uh, we're still technically in February right now um, but it, the production started in February 2020 so I'm guessing it's going to be a 2021 release I don't know uh, it's still be uh, it's still to be determined um, and then um, we're getting the souvenir uh, part two which uh, I'm not necessarily familiar with um, I, I didn't watch the souvenir I, I wanted to but I, I, I just didn't get the, the chance to uh, but apparently it's a big deal uh, the, the souvenir because uh, it um, I think it was up for like a ton of awards last year not for this um, not for this uh, Oscar season but I think for, for the last Oscar season um, and uh, I think so I think it was I don't know I can't remember but uh, but anyways apparently the souvenir is a is a is a, uh, is a big deal uh, so they're coming out with a souvenir part two which is uh, very interesting that they're you know they're now they're diving into sequels uh, apparently, uh, and this is uh, directed by uh, Joanna Hogg uh, and uh, it it started uh, uh, principal photography in in 2019 so I'm assuming that it's going to come out this year at, uh, at some point, um, and then we've got another movie uh, this is the last movie I'll mention uh, is False Positive which is uh, directed by John Lee uh, one of the reasons why this caught my eye is because it stars Alana Glazer who stars in um, Broad City. Um, on the comedy uh, on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. which uh, I fucking I adore Broad City. I, I think it's it's a it's a it's a great fucking uh, comedy show. Uh, but that stars Alana Glazer in it. Uh, I think uh, it's Abby. The other actress in it is Abby. Uh, I want to say Abby Martin, but that's not correct. Uh, it's Abby something. Yeah, I forget what her last name is. But uh, but those two together are are just magic. Uh, and this is supposed to be a horror film. 
Um, and it was, again, it, it had pr- principal photography back in 2019. So I'm guessing it's going to be this year. If not, then it, most likely 2021. Um, so that's that's all I've got as far as the mentionables uh, from upcoming films. You got anything? Yeah. The only film right now that I'm looking for coming out of A24, and this film is set to release on March 6, uh, 2020, which is right around the corner, is The First Cow. This is- uh, did we talk about this? When we- <laughs> no, we didn't. This movie looks weird and quirky as fuck. It is literally about a cow. Uh, well, I guess um, a Chinese immigrant, uh, uh, Orion Lee, um, and his relationship with this. Uh, this comes out in theaters? Uh, no, I don't know if this, to be honest, I don't know where this is coming out, but I'm going to find it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis uh, really quickly because this just sounds so interesting. Um, a, I don't even know this word. Uh, taciturn loner and skilled cook john has traveled west to join a group of fur uh fur trappers in oregon territory um the chinese immigrant also seeks his fortune soon he collaborates with a successful businessman um and the land the wealthy landowner has he owns this like prized cow and i guess ultimately this uh chinese immigrant john and this uh very important loan or a very important prize cow develop like a unique bond and relationship um, yeah it's literally about a fucking cow I, they, listen the sounds right up a 24 is uh <laughs> <laughs> but i imagine there's gonna be like so many like complexities and um uh, so many like interesting characters and storylines and a24 movies just find a way of seeming weird on the surface but then you find like a gem in there somewhere yeah um so yeah that's the that's the magic to it so look uh to 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 in summation um look i i don't know if people really look necessarily to production companies as far as like making a you know playing a factor in if they're going to actually like watch a film or not but i know for me personally as soon as i see that fucking logo uh right there uh, I know I'm checking out wherever the fuck. You know it you're is. getting something good. I know right? I'm getting something. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? looking like an Apple logo these days. It's, it, like, it's uh, looking increased. It, look, they just teamed up with Apple actually not too uh, not too long ago. They uh, in November 2018, A24 signed with Apple to develop a film slate including On the Rocks, which uh, reteamed Sofia Coppola with her Lost in Translation star Bill Murray. So everybody's gonna be checking for that. Yeah. Um. So uh. So yeah. Like whatever happens, man. Um. I just I I love the content that they make and that it's weird, it's quirky, and they've been able to stay true to that. Like, mm-hmm. it's different because a lot of times with the stratification of how Hollywood is right now, um, you got all the money at the top with all these big tentpole films, um, and then you get a little bit of this trickling with you know films at the bottom. Now that middle section of movies is is all but disappeared, with the exception of A twenty four that they're able to make, and I, and I think it's because of that groundwork that they that they did with the marketing and, and and how they distributed to films where they did these weird marketing you know tactics uh where they didn't just take the route of uh let's just slap some billboards up let's just you know do all these things they did things that were interactive that were organic you know that felt natural to the films themselves and also they just pick really great content you know yeah. to uh to fuck with and that's the difficult balance like and like being able to see the massive growth that they've seen but still say hey like we're still very careful about the, the products, products that we that we produce, the people that we work with, and uh, our brand in general. Um, yeah. You got to admire a company like that. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, they're based in New York, um, and they uh, they just do really, really fucking great work. And I'm and I'm so glad that I was able to discover them, and and uh, uh, that they're still churning out work because I know 
you know, just like some of the companies that we mentioned before that are now, you know, defunct and bankrupt and mm -hmm. this and that. Um, I hope they have a, a long lasting life. Uh, and, and I can't wait to, to, to see their content. Uh, yeah. It's it's I literally look forward to it. and I can't say that and you know I don't know if I'm universal I'm yeah. not like the I'm only looking for it's in universal content the like only I company who I, I can think of that like you know I, I whatever stamp they whatever they put a stamp on I'm looking for it is like honestly it's Marvel right if if yeah. Marvel's putting something out I'm I'm gonna check it out yeah but yeah. that's almost by like default right because it's like ugh, I mean so, uh, where yeah, else are you gonna get the crew to go they watch are. like yeah. get the crew you know get everybody lined up go watch the we know who they are but we also Ooh, know the yeah. quality of like the shit that they produce we just I mean they just no it, it's it great hit. shit but like but for a twenty four for me to have to do Marvel that no on the concept list, of and the company a twenty four that speaks volumes in and of itself yeah, right absolutely um but again in summation uh, we want to wrap up this spotlight segment here this yeah. is something that we're going to be continuing to do throughout the show um we do not know what the next feature is going to be but it's going to be oh, something we'll great like hey. this feature was so you learned hey. about a24 today um we gave you a slew of projects that they've produced uh some of the upcoming projects if you haven't seen any of those projects if you don't know who a24 is if you haven't checked out Check a single movie their shit out of the ones that we've mentioned go watch one i mean if Please. you start anywhere maybe just start with which, moonlight which, yeah, or start with is it moonlight start with either moonlight or ex machina yeah i think, uh, I think that's either I think, one of those I think films if you start with ex machina you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be like you're gonna yeah. be, wait a minute what was that what were my plans tonight <laughs> <laughs> all right so you heard the man um go check that out um you know, uh, and uh, so we've come to another wonderful episode here at the Fate Podcast. Um, and uh, if you, again, if you stuck with us from the very start, uh, like we always say, we appreciate that. But hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, uh, hit that share button too uh, for anybody who, or, and everybody who you think can uh, benefit from this podcast. Um, uh, we'll be back. Uh, I assume we'll be back next uh next week I, I can't foresee any reason why we uh we'll be here you shouldn't be Got no reason um, not be here yeah and, and we'll be back in march we will be uh, well technically the, <laughs> the world will be back in march um but uh but yeah uh until then ladies and gentlemen we'll call that we always do fade out peace the fuck out